The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcast, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcast, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frogs. From the Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here alongside the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we have a special guest for you, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Also, make sure to check out our friends at purezuroad.com for all your great Purezu content. All right. So like I said, young boy, we have a special guest here with us in Strong Style Studios, Jamie Spector. How you doing, man? Hey, man. Glad to be here. Uh, thanks for the invite. Yeah, man. And uh, Jamie went to the uh, B-Block final night and the overall final nights of the G1 Climax uh, 28 in Japan, man. Great stuff. But first, uh, tell us how you became a New Japan Pro Wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to say I was, you know, doing the tape trading and stuff in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, not the case. Uh, so I actually started fairly recently. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 10 was my first, like, jumping in point. Uh, I, you know, before I'd seen, you know, Tanahashi and, uh, and uh, Nakamura matches uh, from previous uh, Wrestle Kingdoms, just on YouTube and things like that. Yeah. Daily Motion, for being honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the, the, the jumping in point was really Wrestle Kingdom 10. And uh, just, uh, you know, Nakamura was, was, was a big draw for me. That dude is just... Unbelievable! He's still one of the most unique characters in wrestling, I think. Um, yeah. But you know, watching that show and what really drew me in was uh, the uh, the Shibata Ishi match, which I know was a rematch from their G One from earlier that year. But my jumping in point was the the, the Wrestle Kingdom Ten match that they had, and it was just phenomenal. Um, and uh, yeah, just I, I you know. I hadn't really seen anything like that match. <laughs> yeah. You know, very, you know, the whole strong style thing was just... Uh, that was Ishii and Shibata? Yes, yeah, yeah, which was uh, from Wrestle Kingdom 10. So, I mean, like, when you first saw that, I mean, like, what was your initial reaction, I guess? Just like, are these guys serious? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, it was, uh, it was intense, uh, and it just drew me in. And also just, you know, the way New Japan does, you know, the, the, in, the in-ring storytelling where... Mm-hmm. 
the camera just really does a good job at um, focusing on facial expressions and, and things like that. And Shibata was just like, you know, we can get into favorite wrestlers and all that, but that dude is just, he's just, you know, it's a shame what happened to him. What are your thoughts on Shibata coming back? I mean, again, uh, just as a fan, I would love to see him back, but I kind of would be on edge about it the whole time. So, I mean, I just want him to be live like a safe and healthy life at this point, you know. And I mean, you know, if he's got to go out, like what a match to go out on. Yeah. Like, um, like you, I'm sure you guys have talked about. So, is Shibata your favorite uh, New Japan wrestler? Yeah. Or was? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Who's uh, your favorite that's currently still active right now? Oh, man, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, I mean, we saw you rocking that Naito shirt at the I, FIP yeah, show. I yeah. love, yeah, Naito, man, is <laughs> he's great. Uh, yeah, I would probably say like, overall Naito is just, I get up for him in, in his matches, although he's not having the best year. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of unhappy Naito fans. You, you come on the podcast, who's your favorite guy? And it's like, it's secretly Naito, but you don't want to be that guy. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. uh, My favorite New Japan guy is Jericho. <laughs> no, yeah, but we um, so we ran into Jamie at a FIP show, and like we were always belligerent while on out at FIP shows. But I saw I saw him walk by, and I was like, "Man, that's a, that's an awesome Naito shirt." And he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm actually going to Japan." He's like, "I'm gonna be at the the you know G1 finals." I'm like, "What?" Showing off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so, yeah, he took his sack out, put it on the table. And then, <laughs> so then I was like, well, we run one of the largest New Japan podcasts on the internet. Bam! <laughs> and uh, I had to roll it back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, I was like, no, seriously, man, that's awesome. Like, because we haven't had a chance to go out to Japan yet. And so we wanted to, to get Jamie on the show and, you know, have him, you know, share with us his experiences. Uh, maybe it'll inspire us to get off of the couch and get out of Strong Style Studios, make it out there. Yeah, so, like, when did you make the decision that I'm going to the the G1 Finals? Well, actually, my the original plan was Dominion. Okay. Um, just because it was, you know, it's one of those shows where you can kind of just watch it all and you can kind of encapsulate it all in one night, you know? It's a stacked card, and holy mackerel, like, this year was just ridiculous. But, uh... Yeah, just things didn't work out. I was actually supposed to, me and my roommate were supposed to go, and then, you know, like, he had some medical issues that came up. He's fine, but uh, just, uh, it's expensive to fly out there, especially uh, here in Florida. It's it's not it's not cheap, so. Uh, yeah, you were telling me that your travel was crazy. Oh. It was, um, I had, a, I think it was, flight was like around 1800. Ooh. Had a lot of travel points. So I actually saved up for about two years with like a travel credit card and all that stuff. Like the plan was like, I'm going to get one of these fancy cards, save a bunch of money and go back to Japan and like watch a legit big New Japan show. Because who knows what their roster is going to be like if I keep waiting, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. It's like now or never, I felt like I had to make it out there for a big show and Wrestle Kingdom would be great. I know that's the one everyone flies out for. It's just uh, right. it's my, with my work and, and with the the you know being around the holidays. It just is very tough to make happen. And I don't know. G one's kind of unique because like I feel like uh, most of the best matches and best moments I remember are, are from G one. If not if not Wrestle Kingdom. So I was like, yeah, if I can't go to a can't go to a Tokyo Dome where you know Budokan Hall sounds dope, you know. So yeah. so let's back up just a minute because I want to get into your travel for sure. But you said that you had first gotten in by watching like Tanahashi and like Nakamura and that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. that's just a couple years ago, right? Yeah, I think that was only like 
what was it, 2014, 2013, like that mm-hmm. era? Like, yeah. Not that long ago. So you've been following them for like three or four years. Yeah. So when did your fandom go from like being like a casual, I'll check this out in Daily Motion kind of cherry picking to like, I'm going to freaking Japan to watch <laughs> the G1. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, how did that happen? I mean, actually, this was actually my second time in Japan. Oh, I had no. uh, previously been to a Cork and Hall show. Oh, <laughs> like, nice. Not that long after Wrestle Kingdom 10, I was actually there for the first Ricochet Osprey match. Oh, I, the I, controversial I, match. Yeah, the now infamous. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you mean yeah. the dance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was Those kids are out there ruining the business. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Uh, <laughs> loved every minute of it. Uh, were you, were, yeah. you, were you one of the Japanese fans that was like, holy shit, holy <laughs> shit? Yeah, I, I got, yeah, I just got it started. And yeah, like, like we, we don't even know, like, Jamie actually started that chant, and, like, yeah. we have a living legend in our... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, like, uh, I feel like live wrestling is the most fun, like, for me. Uh, it's like, if you're not seeing it live, like, what are you doing? And, uh, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, you can't go to every show, but it's like... I also just love Japan too, like the food and just it's just like safe. You're not gonna get pickpocketed because <laughs> yeah. my dumbass missed my train at midnight and you can't literally can't get anywhere in the city unless you buy like a hundred dollar cab anywhere. So I'm walking home and it's three a.m. and I'm like, well, I'm not gonna get robbed. It's Japan, like I'll be fine. So like I don't know. Uh, there's just a lot a lot of factors, but definitely the big the first. The first show that I went to at Cork and Hall, that wasn't really, like, New Japan was just kind of like an ancillary, like, let's add this on, and it right. be fun, because I was just starting to really get into it. This was like, okay, well, I want to go back to Japan, and I really want to go to, like, a big New Japan show. So, so the first time you were, you just happened to be in Japan, and then you're like, oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a New Japan card, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, like, I, I didn't plan it around any specific show, the Super Juniors were just happening, so... Um, Cork and Hall was awesome. It's it's that's a really cool yeah. It's definitely a bucket list item for me. And like when I started watching New Japan, it was not too far before you Wrestle Kingdom Nine, where uh, you know Jeff Jarrett was doing the like, co promotion of that pay per view. Mm-hmm. When I first got, like, I mean, I've seen like Japan guys come to these states and like Ring of Honor, MLW, and like uh, TNA slash Impact, but I never really watched New Japan. And then like watched Wrestle Kingdom 9, then I started like watching stuff on Daily Motion and like yeah. YouTube and stuff and then like I think like after Wrestle Kingdom 10 I was like, alright, <laughs> this is like this this is lit. Yeah. See yeah. not for me, it started when I, I picked up my wrestling observer <laughs> and I reached out to some tape traders. I was seven years old. And uh <laughs> No I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean honestly I was kind of semi-aware of like some stuff going back to when I was like a little kid through the video games, through the the Act yes. and yeah. C4 games. I, I, think. I think for a lot of us like that are similar Fire, age. Fire Pro. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't get super into Fire Pro until like the new one. <laughs> He's talking more like the WCW versus yeah. the world. And right, you had game the, the goat, like the uh, goat wrestling game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, guys like Eugene uh, Nagata and yeah. like Liger and some of those guys were in those games. Yeah, do you remember? If, um, did you have the WCW World Tour? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that one had some of the it had guys like uh, Kobashi and stuff, and uh, I think um, Hayabusa was in that as well. Yeah, but I actually like fake names. I actually had uh, WCW versus the World for PlayStation Four or PlayStation Four, PlayStation One, <laughs> and uh, 
that one is almost exclusively nothing but Japanese pro wrestlers, but they have fake names, so I did not know that they were same real yeah. guys. Right, you just thought that they were like just random like my, creator wrestlers they threw in there. My favorite guy ended up being Shinya Hashimoto, who at the time I had like as a you know nine year old kid or ten year old kid, I did not know who Shinya Hashimoto was, and then later on, like when I found out who Shinya Hashimoto was, I was like. He looks an awful lot like that character Dojo I used to play with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think like Onita was in one of those early games. And yes. He, he would always have yeah. like, the barbed wire, uh, either chair or bat, I can't remember. Yep. Um, and I was just remember that thinking that was like one of the coolest things. So, I don't know. I guess uh, you could say I could cheat and say my fandom extends that far back <laughs> or whatever, but uh, not really. <laughs> I think I think without YouTube, like my fandom of New Japan would have never happened. But just because... You know, YouTube happened. I started. It really started with death matches, man. I was like, I yeah. started finding out about like these cactus piranha exploding C four bomb. Like, I was like, it's like wild shit. Yeah. And you know what? It it really just comes down to Mick Foley because I was such a right. Big, I was a big I mean, Mick you, Foley. You would hear all these stuff about Foley being in these crazy matches, and then yes. like, once you get old enough to YouTube stuff, you're like, hmm, let me see what this like Foley stuff is all about. And then I started seeing the FMW stuff, like, and I was like, what? is this <laughs> and then eventually like you just go down the rabbit hole and eventually like you're watching Jumbo and you know Mizawa and you're right. like wow this is incredible <laughs> but um so you you had a crazy travel schedule though like so you know tell us you know basically how, how it was over there and you know talk to us about your experiences yeah well I will say I probably won't go to another G1 for a while, <laughs> just because August and especially this year, man, like August in, in Japan is, it's rough. Like we live in, you know, Florida and Tampa and stuff and the humidity is on another level. Like it was way worse than it is here. Well, I don't know, man. Um, it's been pretty humid. Like the last week. Dude, last week was pretty, here was pretty humid. I never complained about the humidity and I, I've been coming in and I'm like, Florida, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was worse there. I thought it was worse. I could, it could be just, you know, bias of being in a different place or whatever. Oh, no, I believe um, you. But just so you know, this is being broadcast to <laughs> thousands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, so, I mean, like, it was really that bad, though? It was It was pretty rough. Um, I would say, I mean, definitely worth it. It wasn't anything that was, like, going to hinder the experience too much, other than, you know, you might have to change your shirt. <laughs> uh, um, Especially if you're wearing, like, a black Bullet Club shirt or LIJ shirt. Oh, sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're out there drinking a bunch of strong zeros. <laughs> yeah. Strong zero, yeah, they got the, uh, Budokan's got the Asahi uh, vending machine, so you can just load up. Also, they don't check bags, so. Really? Strong, yeah, <laughs> you can strong zero so, up. <laughs> so we're, we're big fans of, like, the uh, like the Super J cast, the Pro cast. Those mm-hmm. guys are always talking about when they go to Japan, they're always drinking that. And I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Sounds, del- sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have any. I know a lot of people in my hostel are all about that. Like, you got to start your day. You got to grab like two strong <laughs> you get you get yourself yeah like it was uh i think it's like a four loco kind of but maybe like oh better, my gosh. but better tasting it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be really delicious yeah like it's like imagine if four loco actually tasted good like yeah. and it wasn't like complete garbage yeah uh, i actually don't drink four locos but i always joke about like i'm always like guys let's get four locos tonight <laughs> like no one ever wants to but uh, our buddy Ben, who was over here the other night, what's up, Ben? ben Shout hey, out, Jimmy Flips. Jimmy Flips. <laughs> the other night, I was like, let's get let's get some four locos, and Jimmy Flips like, absolutely, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I only say that to get people to disagree with doing it. But that man is reckless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. 
Don't know him since eighth grade. Yeah, he's reckless. Um, but I guess to actually answer your question for real, uh, travel schedule, uh, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it is a you know like thirteen hour flight or something from here. Wait, I actually flew. You right said you were going plane. to like. Just- Portland, right? So that coming back was pretty bad. It was about, uh, well, co- going up there, I flew right out of Atlanta. So it was a straight shot from Atlanta to Narita Airport, which is like about an hour train ride outside of like Tokyo proper. Gotcha. Um, and uh, that was about 13 hours, give or take. Uh, when, you know, once you get to Atlanta and get on the flight. Coming back, it was like, Flew into Portland and then Delta gave me like 45 minutes to get to my next gate after coming through customs. <laughs> so thanks for that, Delta. Uh, Bury him. Oh man. Uh, yeah, yeah, zero star. <laughs> Dude, uh, Minus five stars. <laughs> I've actually done an international flight like that. Did you get like really cool amenities? Uh, they, you know, like, like you want like some beef or <laughs> the other one, the the non-beef, like really. Yeah, it was. It was actually pretty decent. It wasn't like anything. Oh man, I flew. I, I flew Asia. It was like being in a hotel. It was amazing. Oh, no, this it was, was like you come in, they put a robe on you, they give you like a hot towel. You like pat pat your face. You put slippers on. It's amazing. Like you have all these TV channels. I was playing Street Fighter too. Uh, unlimited food and drinks. Dude, what, what, we need to get this airline. Asiana <laughs> Airlines. They they're 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 freaking awesome, dude. Um, yeah, and they like. I talked to one of the stewardess, and she's like, "Yeah, we give you all the free food and free drinks you want, and turn down the lights, so you fall, so you fall asleep and not bother us." <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty great. Uh, I mean, plane ride wasn't. So where'd you say? You said you stayed in a hostel. Yeah, uh, that was more of a way to kind of save money, just because I kind of blew it all on on that flight over there, and, and you know, tickets to Budokan and things like that. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, how, how much was it ticket to Budokan? Uh, well, it depends. So I actually was kind of an idiot, and I didn't really know like what all the different seat layouts were because like I was on a time crunch because I guess like the fan the way to do it is like to go through one of these third party sellers um, that will kind of hook up with the New Japan fan club, which sells the tickets early, right? And that's how you get like the balling se- the baller seats, like you know, like right in the front or whatever. Wow, I missed out on that, and I was a month ahead, and I still missed that. I, I H- just how do you find not- one of these third party people? It's just the internet. Like you do a little Google searching. Uh, so they're like a fence. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't too difficult. Um, and uh, but actually, so I had bought a ticket for B Block and the final through the third party and. At that point, it was like I missed like the fan club thing. So the guy and like I had already seen reports like, "Oh, Budokan's already selling out just with the fan club." And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I already bought my plane ticket. Like, I'm already like ready to go. And I'm just like, oh shit! Like so, I'm gonna I, uh, make this happen one way or another. I email the guy, and this is after I had already paid the guy and everything. And I'm like, hey, I'm like reading reports online that this is sold out. Like, what's going? Like, did you guys like get anything? And he's just like. No, you should have signed up for the fan club. I'll see what I can do. No guarantees kind of thing. Were you like, wow. were I can't you, really blame him. He probably does this a billion times. Were you like, over. I'm not a Japanese national. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. It was just like, uh, I was just like, oh, man, I just really hope this works out. And then uh, it came down to the wire, and I ended up getting, so I didn't get the, like, 
I guess one as the way it was sold was arena seats were floor seats, which I'm just like, aren't they all arena, arena seats? seats? Yeah, like I didn't. <laughs> I'm like this one's like more money, so this one's probably a better seat. I don't want to sit outside of the arena. <laughs> yeah. I want to be in the arena. <laughs> so what I did, yeah. So so the way it was sold was arena seats one F and two F, and that really meant like floor seats, and then the first like layer, and then the second layer. Right. So I had bought. I was just like, well, I'm going to two nights. I'll buy one arena and then one one F and see what happens because I don't. No, like I don't know, and then uh, I ended up not being able to get the one F seat uh, on one of the nights because those had sold out, and I got a two F seat. But then I was able to end up getting a one F seat by just finding somebody online that wasn't able to go and, and trading the ticket. So um, I was actually able to give away my two F seat just to some random fan online. So that was pretty cool. Oh, so nice. he actually wasn't not planning. He he only had tickets to go to block A and B. Uh, I think, and then uh, he ended up going to the final, so that was pretty awesome. He got to go to that. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome for the charity, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, but yeah, I actually, and then after I, you know, kind of gone through that headache and, and got my tickets, um, I saw that it didn't really get a lot of fanfare. Like I didn't see it on message boards or anything when I was looking. And it was just like New Japan put out a thing on their like 1972 website. Yeah, the, the English site. Yeah, yeah, the English site saying like, "Hey, we've still got tickets for like some for English like for foreigners coming in." Like I guess they had a reserve, and like I didn't see anybody talking about it. All I could find were news articles about how they already sold out. Well, if you're listening to <laughs> Keeping It Strong Style, listening to the news, you would have heard <laughs> we were reporting that. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But did, you, did, did you see that? come up in like the feed or whatever like hey we've got like a reserve of seats. yeah uh, yeah we no i was i was being like obviously sarcastic but we really yeah. we actually did report that yeah but. i was like crazy because i'm like nobody's talked so i was just like well i guess i'll just buy a you know because if you go through a fence you're paying like extra fees and stuff right right but this was like directly through and it was like 50 bucks so i'm like well i might as well buy a ticket and then uh, i ended up not that's being awesome able to go, but uh um i had seats for all three nights like Kind of awesome. And, what uh, what happened to A Block where you weren't able to go? Well, I had um I had friends that uh, I had met on my first trip to Japan. Uh, they play in a band and it was like they're only playing on Friday and Saturday of that week. And I was just like, ah, it's kind of a drag. Because um, you obviously can't call out Saturday, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah right. there's no way you're missing Omega Bushi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to like you know I had to I had to make my sacrifices. I really wish I had seen that Okada and, and Tanahashi match. It was it was I, I knew it was gonna be nuts, but I, it was just like one of those things where it's like I'm never gonna be able to see these guys again, like unless I go back to Japan. Well, the beautiful part is for 9.99 yen a month. You <laughs> You can catch that on <laughs> New Japan. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. <laughs> um, so, you know, we definitely want to talk about, uh, you know, your experiences watching the shows. But you you got to do, like, quite a few really cool things that were wrestling-related, you know, different shops and mm-hmm. uh, even uh, rub elbows with some of the stars. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Yano. Uh, you guys might be aware he's got a uh, bar. I think it's called Abritas. Abret- I don't know how to pronounce it, but... Uh, yeah, it's like a sports bar. It's right by the New Japan shop. If, if you know, list, listeners have ever been to like one of the Tokyo Dome shows, the New Japan shop is walking distance from Tokyo Dome City in a in an area called I think it's called Bunkyo in in Tokyo, mm. and uh, it's like literally right his his bar is right around the corner from the New Japan shop, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna walk in here, take a few pictures or whatever, because the the Giants game was going on because they didn't they don't even open until like seven o'clock or whatever like later on uh, whenever there's a game on 
And uh, I just thought it was going to be like a regular sports bar. And they, of course, they're playing G1 matches in there. <laughs> it was like totally opposite of what I had thought it was. And then uh, it was a lot more wrestling, like on brand than I, I thought it was going to be. Um, and yeah, Yana was just there. like Just chilling. Chilling. He took my drink order. Uh, I wasn't wearing any wrestling gear, so I don't. He might. He probably pegged me for a fan, but <laughs> did he? Did he walk up and be like, Toro? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah he, he shoved a DVD in my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You thought you were getting a drink, and then all of a sudden, like white powder went in your face. And you're like, what the heck? And then he rolled you up, and you're like, I just lost. Yeah, I, he, I got kicked out of the bar <laughs> immediately. But no, I mean, just a uh, really humble dude. Like, it really took me by surprise, and I was. It, if you ever go to Japan, a lot of their, their bars and restaurants are a lot more, like, intimate. They're a lot smaller just because I think, like, the real estate over there, it's like you can't – not everyone can afford these, like, big, you know, places. Everything's kind of packed in tight. So it's – if you're not used to that, it can be a little bit awkward, especially if you don't really speak the language or anything. I'm you're sure, like, yeah. It feels like – because you go up an elevator, and it feels like you're almost, like, walking into someone's apartment. Like, <laughs> it's super – I don't know. I, you get over it at it, but I was very, uh, I was very like kind of weird about it because I'm solo traveling up there too. Yeah. And then you know I'm already kind of like awkward at this bar. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna take pictures of this bar and just order a few beers and be on my. And then freaking Yano walks out. It's like, hey, you know this is like a wrestling bar. You got to pay this much money. Here's some popcorn. Take my drink <laughs> order. He's like answering the phone, and I'm just like, oh man. But uh, <laughs> eventually, I kind of got my nerve up because I kind of didn't like immediately go oh Yano because it just caught me by surprise and then finally I just walked up to him like I, yeah I'm a fan like I know who you are like come on and did, then, he, uh, did he speak like, good English at all? I mean he's yeah he spoke pretty pretty good English like I, I was able to kind of walk like, Yano-san like thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's just like uh, you know and very nice guy uh, you know he did the whole pose and everything nice. uh, that's on my Instagram so yeah it was pretty cool uh, that was a, definitely a surprise it was not and then two days later he pins Kenny Omega in the G1 so like, I feel like I had a you, little bit of a yeah you gave that. him the rub yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure you got some shine off you brother <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that, that was dope um, there's another place uh, over there called uh, Todokin I believe and that's just like, if you ever go to Japan, it's like a must. It's a must visit location. Like the new Japan store is cool and everything, but you know, they, they, very small, like youth large shirt, like <laughs> like Japanese small shirts. Like I wasn't buying anything from the store, and it's just tiny as well. Yeah, I've I've actually experienced that in Asia where it's like their large yeah. is a small over here. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, and so the, the sizes are just very different. Also, all their, I feel like all their inventory was just tapped because it was all before the show, like, during the mm. event. They had, like, this, like, science museum, like, sectioned off to sell all their stuff by the by the stadium. But, um, or the arena, I should say. And, uh, but anyway, uh, Tadokan, it's kind of like its own, it's almost like a wrestling museum. Like, Puro and just wrestling in general. Oh, man. Museum, it's nuts. Like, it's got, like... Everything from like sumo wrestler stuff to like Ricky Dozan stuff to just like tapes and tapes of just like all Japan and like Pancras and <laughs> MMA. It's got like everything. That sounds awesome. That's dude. right up my alley. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah, I, I gotta lo- go. Like I love Perezu, like for sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a huge MMA mark. Like yeah. I, I mean, I've watched extensive tapes from like. Freaking Pancrase, mm-hmm. freaking Pride, you know, yeah. Dream, K1, all that stuff. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, even when I was in Asia, like, it was it was really cool. I remember being in Thailand and watching their sports channels. Instead of, like, 
it being you know basketball, football, and all that. It's like karate, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like karate, Muay Thai. You know, like uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> These guys are kicking each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure, man. Like uh, just everything you could possibly. It's it's like I didn't even buy anything the first time I went there. I was just overwhelmed. I'm just like I I'm gonna like spend all my money right now. So. I had a plan to kind of like swing back on my last day, just so I'm not like you know hauling things around. Like, yeah, that's the way to do it. Hauling like uh, you know, I bought. I ended up buying like a Sasuke mask. And oh, nice! Spent way too much money on that. <laughs> Why didn't you bring that over? <laughs> it's in a glass case. Uh, <laughs> you want our grubby, marky hands on it? <laughs> I was, I was assuming when you told me you bought that that you're gonna record with that <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, like channel channel the spirit of Grey Sasuke. Catch me at the next FIP show. I'll be I'll be. I'll be rocking it out. and uh, I'm not going to be impressed if you're not wearing 10 belts around. <laughs> if you're not, like, walking around with 10 belts, like, I'm not going to care. Honestly, you probably could buy, like, eight of those belts at this place. <laughs> like, that's how ridiculous it is. Like, yeah. Uh, you, you can buy the, the, the freaking J crown. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. We got to see uh, great Sasuke uh, WrestleMania weekend. We did. Wrestling, I'm so uh, jealous. Joey yeah. Janela at uh, Spring Break 2. And it was just crazy stuff, man. Yeah, I'm so jealous. That was a crazy match. It was. Just some of like all those death match spots he does. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're gonna kill yourself. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So I mean, uh, I know there's there's actually like all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, do you follow uh, Piresu, uh Travel? I think no. is his Instagram. He actually wrote a whole like he's got like a whole ebook of just like, hey, if you go to Japan, you're a wrestling fan. Here's like exactly where you need to go and like oh, I think like Bolnagano has a bar that you can go to. Every every yeah. week when people listen to this show, it's just me and Jeremy rambling and saying nonsense. This is the most informational <laughs> yes. and instructive like episode we've ever had. Like, yeah. like get your notepads out, your pens, <laughs> like take notes. Get ready to sit under the learning tree for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to that guy. He, uh, very helpful. Um, he said it's a pure resu travel. Pure resu travel. He's on Instagram. He sells shirts, but uh, he's got a pretty pretty sweet ebook that will give you all the locations of where you need to go. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, just uh, again, pretty overwhelming. Just Japan itself is just overwhelming, man. Like it's. Uh, did you did you have? I know you said you love the food. Did you have any uh, like? Interesting food experiences, or what would you recommend when you're over there? I mean, I would definitely recommend. I mean, obviously, go for some sushi if you're a sushi head. But uh, the okonomiyaki, I think that's how you pronounce it. That is that was fire. Like, so what was, what was that? So it's like a pancake, and it, they kind of so they serve it. There's different styles. You can get like Hiroshima style and like maca style. I think it's like kind of like pizza. Where you have, they serve it like slightly differently. Um, but it's like a, it's basically just a pancake that they cook with uh, a bunch of cabbage and they like fry it up and then they can put like noodles in it and pork in it and they put like you know all different types of sauces and sometimes they put like Japanese mayonnaise on top and all kinds of stuff it it was so good man uh, sounds awesome yeah, sounds, <laughs> yeah sound, I'm like getting hungry like this hearing about that yeah like it's like the perfect it's like I, I kind of like put it akin to like a Japanese waffle house you go there at like 2am after you've been drinking all night with some strong zeros you just get some okonomiyaki it's like nice and sloppy and like it's so good so so you're not like the bucks when they're like we're going to our favorite Japanese pro TGI Friday hey man I went to McDonald's a few times 
just there's a few times where I just like I don't want to deal with the menu choice. I'm just gonna I want that. It's a Big Mac. Like you well, know what I'm talking about. You like, you actually showed us something that was really cool. Like you have a, a translator on your phone, right? Yeah, Google Translate. If you're not aware, uh, shout out to Google Translate. <laughs> uh, they got yeah. There's just like a little camera function on there, and you can just say like, hey, read this kanji for me, and it kind of works like 40% of the time but it works well enough where you can be like oh okay that's like there's pork in this dish or yeah, we were looking at some kanji and it was like fight live win <laughs> I was like this that's is amazing all you need to this is awesome <laughs> eat this and you will be a legend <laughs> yeah yeah. It's... you were saying a lot of the wrestlers have bars like that out there yeah I know um I know. Uh, I know. Bull Nakano has one. Bull Nakano has a bar. Well, uh, speaking of which, Bull Nakano is kind of a fox now. I don't know if anyone's like noticed. You guys should follow her. I, I, yeah, I'm getting weird looks right now. But, <laughs> but I'm just telling you guys. I know like, what you're talking about. Bull Nakano looks she's good. Aged very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's uh, a beautiful lady. Like I'm like, oh my gosh. Kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's just. Uh, I was scared of you as a kid, <laughs> and now I kind of love you. <laughs> now I want to meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, I know. Um, some other I met some other fans that were uh, that were out there that you know were more into the deathmatch stuff and uh, I, I think uh, I forgot who it was but he was one of the founders of Wing I believe or he might have just wrestled on Wing I, I, I'm not definitely I know I've talked to you about this before but he had a bar there and uh, he, or it was more like a restaurant because he, he was buying like steak and stuff there too. Um, I could probably find out in a second here. I mean, I from what I under, from what I believe it's Wing Kanemaru. I, I might be. I'm not sure, but could be could be right. And this is great podcasting. Right? <laughs> hey man, we do that all the time. Like uh, we gotta look this uh, mattress all up uh, real quick. <laughs> We're super responsible, just like the most professional podcasters. Yeah. No, it's uh, Ma- uh, Matsuna- Matsunu- Matsunaga. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's got a steakhouse out there that I heard is pretty dope. So if you're if you're a wing fan and you like steak. Okay. So, yeah. So, Kanemaru. Yeah. I've always assumed that K- Wing Kanemaru was, like, the founder of Wing because I always thought, like, it was named after him. But apparently, like, that is not the case. Yeah. Like, Wing actually existed and then he started wrestling for them. And I think his name was derived from, like, the fact that he became, like, Mr. Wing, basically, you know? Gotcha. But yes, yeah, so that that that's kind of crazy. But um, yeah. So you you were telling me like there was a few shows that you want to go to. You just didn't get a chance to kind of make it out to. Yeah, I wanted. There was a DDT show that I wanted to check out. Um, that was happening at Corkin. I just, it's you're just trying to. I had an itinerary, just a ton of stuff, and I just didn't get around to it, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, there's next time I go, I think uh, I think I'm gonna. You know, I I think I had said I'd, you know, try to get out to a Tokyo Dome show. Um. We'll see. I, can, I wonder if I can finagle things my way. I mean, you're Hopefully talking about January 4th, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know if it would be this one. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that would be a quick stint, you know, just fly in, kind of fly out. But what's cool, what I've heard about Tokyo Dome shows, it's becoming more like the WrestleMania weekend. It is. Yeah, you've got, like, Stardom running shows and DDT running their shows. and Big Japan. Big Japan. All Japan. Yeah. Noah. Everybody, that Wave, yeah, Sendai yeah. Girl, like everyone's running sh- stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I would. We already attend like Mania weekends. So, I, right, mean, I mean, Japanese like, Mania weekend sounds freaking awesome. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard it's hard to get onto the uh, the New Year's Dash show because it's like it's I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'm sure it is because I mean, you have that huge Tokyo Dome crowd trying to pack in court court hall. Yeah, everybody's tickets probably are probably buying tickets. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gotta gotta get a major fence to get that ticket. <laughs> but um, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so tell us about yeah, I mean, tell us about your experiences with uh, you know, going to these shows live. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else. I mean, uh, I've been to so I've been to a Cork and Hall show uh, in 2016. So I've I've been around the Japanese crowds and then. I also went to the first Long Beach New Japan show. So, oh, nice! Yeah, I was. I, I flew out there for that, and the that one where was, uh, Omega won the U.S. title. Yeah, those those two nights. Um, so, but like this was just next level. I this doesn't those shows don't compare just to like the way, especially when you start getting into like the Tanahashi match, like mm. just the way that the matches build and like the crowd like goes along with it and it just builds and builds to like a crescendo. It's it's like. Otherworldly. Sounds I've like never sounds like a religious experience. <laughs> it really is. Like <laughs> it's hard to explain without just sounding like you know. I mean, you guys watch the show. Like you know, you know what the crowds are like uh, just watching it. But just being there in it is something. It's 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 crazy. I mean, we we actually got to attend the uh, the produce show that Kenny did here in Daytona, uh, and I was. We didn't talk about. We did talk about the show on the podcast. One thing I was disappointed about was. It was basically just being at like a, a really big indie show. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the fans were. Ba- it was like a North American show. The fans right. were just very loud, boisterous, standing up. And I was like, this doesn't feel at all like a Japanese experience. I mean, was that what it was like in Long Beach, or how did that kind of compare to your experiences with Japanese crowds? Yeah, I would say Long Beach was more like a just a really good American crowd. Um, did they I mean, kind of like follow the rules that are like set out? Yeah, I'm trying to remember now because I, I want to say that, you know, you got like the one thing you don't get in Japan is like the, you know, the chance, yeah. the dueling chance, the, the, you'll get like, you know, people doing the, uh, some of the smarky crowds, yeah, like you, Osaka and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have been to a few like Corkin. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it wasn't like on that level because that's just, it's, that's almost like obnoxious to a That's point. like the smarkiest of the smart on yeah. the Largo Loop. Actually, no. I would say well, that some, some show. The Largo Loop crowds don't seem to know any different like they it's kind more full sale yeah full, yeah. full sale, full sale is where it's yeah, really the loop is like they barely knew who keith lee was the other <laughs> night like i started like the old bath in the glory chant dude we we were at a show one night where war machine came out and ricochet and nobody knew who they were wow and like i was i actually when ricochet came out i got so excited and i was jumping up and down also, like, me you and rich we were just like it's ricochet it's ricochet <laughs> I, accident, like, I no. accidentally elbowed this lady in front of me. <laughs> she was just there with like her little kid, and I was like jumping up and down. I elbowed her, and I was like, "Ma'am, I'm so sorry." But it's ricochet. And then I was like, "But it's freaking ricochet!" And like, we're like literally like no one was reacting, and we were like, "You're watching greatness, and you don't know it. You paid ten dollars to see the king." <laughs> Who did he wrestle that night? Velveteen? No, he wrestled Adam Cole, Adam Cole baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, with, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome match. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, what you did get was uh, so the guy next to me was all he was like all in on Ibushi. Like, but by the time like Tanahashi won, he just kind of was just like, ah, 
I can't boot. Like, I, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta clap for my man. I was just like, do like, yeah. And then, oh, and then that you had, you had that like, you know, five minute air guitar solo. Like, by the time you got to the air guitar, it was just people were just losing their yeah. mind. It was people get up for that. It was ridiculous. It's not, she's um, one of the greatest guitar players in the history uh, yes. of modern man. One of. <laughs> <laughs> you got like Stevie Ray Vaughan, and then Tanahashi. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about. So you were at the B Block night first. So like, yeah. what was your favorite match? Like from that night. Um, well, so I had floor seats for that show, which was really cool because I was pretty close. Um, I will say, the like the Naito and uh, and Zack Saber match. Mm-hmm. I, I and I I spoken to you a little bit before the show. That one was tough because you know Zack Saber's a lot on the mat. It's a lot mm-hmm. of mat work. Yeah. And being on the floor, you're missing a lot. I mean, you can look on the screen and see, but it's like. You're constantly you're constantly doing these like rubbernecking where you're kind of like looking back and forth. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I, I wasn't really seeing all the spots that I really wanted to see. So I had to go back and rewatch that. But I mean, just going back and rewatching all those matches again. Just I mean, Kenny and Ibushi was just that was ridiculous. Um, it was really and I was listening to your show, you know, talking about it and uh, what they pulled off because obviously they're gonna have. They're either going to have another match or they're they're not. But they're obviously planning like, hey, if we stay, we're gonna we're gonna right. build to another match. So they're not pulling out all the stops. Plus, Ibushi had to wrestle like the next you know twenty four <laughs> right. hours from that. Yeah. So I'm sure they weren't completely trying to kill themselves. So I just thought that what they were able to do while also showing the restraint, that's got to be so hard. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and those, I those guys are like, they're so talented. Like, they can hold back. They have the ability to yeah. hold back and still have, like, a phenomenal match. Absolutely. And I, that's got to be, like... Yeah, because clearly they probably didn't want to have that match. I don't know if that's, like, more kayfabe of him talking about that. Like, right. uh, I don't know how much of that is a storyline. But, yeah, they clearly didn't want to put it all out there just yet. So, But they were able to have, you know, the, the quote-unquote five-star match while also holding enough back to give people more. And I just thought that was like, that's gotta be so hard and difficult to do. And they, they, they did a fantastic job doing that. Yeah, so, man, like, like for me, like I've become like a mark of this like big yeah. moves and big spots and like high sure. pace action. We, we all are, I mean, yeah. yeah. So like they were like doing like wrestling fast, killing each other, V triggers, chops, lariats, like flips. I was like, yeah. this is freaking amazing. I know there could be a better story, but they're killing each other and I'm loving it. And th- that's the thing like, I'm talking about restraint in a match where he almost destroyed right. Kenny with those double knees. Like, oh you know gosh. what I mean? Like, yes, the there were still like knees. wild spots in that match, not to take anything away from what they actually. I, did. I wouldn't even say that the restraint so much was the physicality of it. Yeah. Be, but more so, like the the story elements of the match that could have been there and the drama of the match that could have been there. That's to me what was lacking. Um, and again, I mean, you're talking about a near five star match, so I mean, how 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 much can you really complain about something like that? Yeah. But but I mean, after six years, watching these two guys and dreaming of the the moment when they're finally going to wrestle again, I was like, I was a little bit disappointed by it. Yeah, I, and I totally get that. I mean, um, if you want to compare it to some of those earlier, like the Naito Kenny Omega matches from like the year before, where mm-hmm. they made it to the finals, and or even like. The one, the one before that. It's very similar to that. Kind of, where there's like, they're not really in a feud other than they just both want to win the G1. Um, although there was a little bit more going on because they're not like, you know, a tag team or anything. There's yeah. No, like, well, Naito and Omega kind of don't like each other. You can kind of <laughs> tell. There's a lot of like heat <laughs> yeah. between them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, but uh, whereas I think, I think uh, Kenny and uh, 
Abushi, they might like each other. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not <holding> that. <laughs> But I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, uh, I guess my point was more or less just, you know, when you're watching those Naito and Omega matches, there's really no story going in. They didn't really have much of a history other right. than they're just both competitive. Mm-hmm. But as the match went on, the story was just like, you could tell that they were just like, gonna, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to... Do you remember that spot where you almost like... Tombstone. It was a tombstone or something. Like he threw the table and yeah. like missed, and it's like oh, yeah, he yeah. almost like died in that yeah. spot. Yes. Like stuff like that, where I didn't feel like they were doing anything like that nuts, other than you know the double knees thing maybe. Um, and uh, but they're just not ready for that 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 story yet. I think they're you know they're still going to be tag teaming. They can't they can't really show that aggression just yet towards each other. Right? Yeah, they're not ready for it. So. I mean, like being in the crowd. What did it? What? What were like? What was the split like? I mean, was there a split crowd? Who? Who were they supporting? What did it feel like? Um, I guess on uh, just in that match specifically, yeah. Yeah, Omega Ibushi. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people liked Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Like people like Omega, but he's the champ. You know, it's right. like I think a lot of people just assume the champ isn't gonna make it to the final. Um, and it, I guess, like Ibushi makes a little bit more sense. So I wonder if that had more to do with it, but. Yeah, I mean, there was you had a good, a, a decent split both ways, but I was feeling a little bit more bushy. And I'm sure if I watch the tape back, it's probably like, oh, clearly it's Kenny. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was just my section. But uh, Abushi had he had a lot of like I said, even in the Tanahashi match, like there the guy next, like next, he was he was all about Abushi, even though every like if you go back and watch it, like most people were all about Tanahashi. Um, so yeah, it was a it was very interesting for sure. What was the response to? Um the uh, Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. match. Because uh, that, that was a big yeah. point of contention. People did not like when Naito lost. <laughs> they, were not, they were not happy. And, uh, you know, Zack's such a prick. Like, he's so good at that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as much as, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Naito fan, but I thought it was... Uh, it, I thought it was good... For him to lose because I, I didn't think he was gonna win. I, I just, you know, when I was listening to you, you talk about how it was just Tanahashi's year, like year this year, just like going in. I kind of felt that too a little bit, especially when uh, after he beat Okada in that match, the way he did. Or I'm sorry, it was a tie, right? Yeah, yeah. Draw. yeah they, well, they, they draw. But, but I mean, he clearly was like kicking Okada's ass that whole match. Let's, yeah. let's, let, let's not mince words. He beat Okada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, like, give him, like, one more minute, like, a couple more minutes, and, like... He, he advanced, let's put it that way. Right. Um, if, if that match had gone to a decision, uh, he would have <laughs> clearly won the match. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, after watching that, going into B-Block, um, I was just like, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Tanahashi. I don't know if he's gonna win the final, but he's gonna be there, you know, being the, like, I could totally see the story of him being, like, the gatekeeper of, like, clearly, you know, I'm the ace, like, of course I'm gonna win, and then he loot, like, I could've, I think it would've totally made sense for Ibushi to win in that scenario, um, and we would've looked back on it, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, People were not happy about losing. <laughs> what what was like the general consensus as far as like obviously like there's been a lot of people talking about Naito's year and you know whether yeah. whether the booking decisions have hurt him. I mean, being in that crowd, did it feel like he was over? Or did you? Yes, feel- for sure. He's Naito is still very much over in Japan. Just um, actually, there's like there's like a little kid in LA just decked out in Lij stuff. Uh, 
and he was he was very upset when I went to the loss. I feel so bad for this little kid. I almost feel like they're testing like how many times can we make him lose before he like starts losing like crowd interest. But it seems like it's not like he keeps he's still over. He's, he's still getting like cheers, still yeah. selling the most merch, and he's you know so it's like well we don't really have to put the belt on him or push him that much. He's yeah. still super over. I mean you could compare it to. I'm trying to. This might not make total sense. I'm Roman. Kind of thinking it up. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Tanahashi last year, where he was kind of lo- like he wasn't winning all his matches. He's having blowaway matches with Billy Gunn in like, you know, the IC belt. Like, like he was just kind of not a non-factor, and then all of a sudden, you know, you heat him up, and he's like the ace again. Like you could right. totally do that with Naito, and it would it would it, it makes sense with his character to kind of always have a chip on his shoulders. So I can. I can see where they're like, you know, it's got to be tough to not pull the trigger on a guy this over, but it's like, are you really going to, like, we got so many great Okada matches for him. <laughs> like, now I'm going back to this year, this, or one, last year's wrestling. One thing to, but. not to get off subject, one thing to keep in mind with that, and I think it's, we haven't mentioned it, but it's worth mentioning, Tanahashi did win the G1, and he is having a good year to some extent, but the reality is, is like, he still isn't the ace. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he was in the easier block, for sure. And even though, like, he beat everybody for the most part, he didn't beat Okada. He lost to Jay, Jay White. And then it's he still has suffered these big losses this year. So it's almost kind of like a facade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That it's like he's back to where he is. But in reality, he really isn't. Like, the, he, he got almost, like, favorable booking and favor like, the right circumstances. I don't know if you put him in kayfabe in that B block that he wins this thing. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. He, like, he probably wouldn't have. And I think that that's where some of the interesting storytelling... That's all by design, man. It's right. by design. Yeah, so... Yes. It's by design. Yeah. When you're looking... I was when I was thinking about it, like you just like look at the blocks. It's like that block was built around Tanahashi, like the way it was, right? Yeah. Like um, even even him not beating Okada, and we'll get into it, but they're gonna have a rematch here mm-hmm. shortly. Like it is all by design. Like if they wanted to tell the story that he is the ace again, he would have just beat Okada, but he didn't beat Okada, and he didn't beat Jay White, and he wasn't the easier block, mm-hmm. and he barely beat Suzuki and he's been still struggling all year so it's not like Ace Tanahashi is back it's just like right place right time and is and like we're at a point now where we're talking about is he going to be able to hold on to the briefcase until Wrestle Kingdom like right. when was the last time that there was a guy who won the G1 where we're, where people were like will he be able to hold on to the briefcase and I think most of us think he probably will but it's very interesting because like yeah. he's still in this fragile state but obviously that five minute like air guitar solo make makes you think like <laughs> this guy's feeling himself right now, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean and then even just going to the Ibushi match, like him just holding his own on like, those that striking battle that they had, it's just like I, I see what you're saying and it totally makes sense just like That was a special paper. moment. If yeah, if you're looking at that but then if you want to make the case, you know, for him still being the ace, it's like, hey, like Okada's faltering. But think about this. Ibushi is a guy who is on a lower level than the top guys in the company. Sure. He's the perfect opponent to put Tanahashi against in the G1 finals for him to feasibly win. And it's still a tough it's a tough order for him, mm-hmm. but realistically in the pecking order of New Japan, 
Abushi's not Kenny Omega. Abushi's not Okada. He's not Naito. You know what I mean? Right, the big four. He's the perfect guy with mm-hmm. just the right. He's literally like right on the same level as Tanahashi in terms of how they've been booked over the past few years. You know what I mean? So like that's that's like very significant that they didn't have him go over a Naito or something like that. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. See, I don't know. I I could totally see. I could I could see Ibushi winning the title next year at like a. Oh, I agree. If he, if he wins the New Japan Cup and goes on to Sakura Genesis, like I could mm. totally see. I agree. I think if he I think if he signed a contract, they, yeah. they would put the belt on him right. for sure. Be, especially we don't know if Kenny Stang, Bucks, you know, Cody Skrull, we don't know what those guys are doing. So having Kota Ibushi still being there, that's definitely a guy you would want to elevate. In, in, in no way am I talk, talking about the or diminishing the uh, skill set or the ability of no, Kota Ibushi, yeah. but more so in the kayfabe sense of how they have presented him over mm-hmm. the past year or two. It makes sense that Tanahashi was able to beat him in a G1 Finals versus some other guys. You know what I mean? Right. Let's just say that every, everything is locked in and you get Tanahashi and Kenny Omega in, in the uh, main event, the dome, which is... Kind of awesome because they kept them apart for yeah, two they, years. They protected that match. Yeah, um, they were supposed to have that ladder match, and that it, it was Elgin instead. Or yeah, whatever. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, like, I still think that's going to happen just because they have kept them apart. Like, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Tanahashi wins it. Like, I and then I think that sets up for. An I've been Ibushi thinking about win. that a lot. I think that sets up for an Ibushi win. This is, you know, who knows what contract sign let's just say everybody stays in the promotion as they are mm-hmm. Tanahashi wins it Ibushi goes on to win the New Japan Cup and then wins the title and then that sets up a like a feud with Kenny later on I mean if you're gonna put a if you're gonna have a guy only have a three or four month reign Tanahashi's the guy you do that exactly. with at right. this point exactly. so to be a quote unquote transitional champion that would make sense and I mean yeah, I mean, I I don't see why that couldn't happen. I mean, I don't know if that's what my opinions are yet. I I yeah. think I think I'll start around like World Tag League. I'll start feeling and, my like. And that's <laughs> and as much as like you know, I love the Okada reign as as much like it, I know people complain about it. And I'm I am a Naito fan, but like, dude, like Okada is the man. Like he's the man. Like, yeah, uh, it's like I I love every one of those matches. Um, as much as I love that. This year's really exciting because I feel like you could kind of go, okay, well, Okada is going to go against Naito or whatever. Like, it was a little bit more predictable, uh, not in terms of like maybe the finishes, but like kind of how things were going to play out. Mm-hmm. This year, like, I had no idea who was going to win the G one going into it. Me like, either. I, and I yeah. don't really like, and it's exciting. Like, you were, even the fact that we're even talking about possibly Tanahashi like losing the the briefcase or whatever going into and yeah like that's that's even in the conversation where it's like last year you wouldn't have said that right, right. like that's so i think that's so exciting for well this i think year. a couple of things is like they've talked about this like dave's talked about this different people were like the idea is that hypothetically new japan wants to do naito and okada next year 2020 2020 uh, it'll be january 4th will be on a saturday and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, that's supposed to be the most marketable match that they'll be able to do if they build them up the right way at that point in time. But then, like, there's a, there's a few other things, you know, just to kind of, I don't know, consider with all this. And 
Actually, I forget. I forget all the points that you were saying so many good things. <laughs> there was things that like I was like, I was like, that's a good. This is a good point. This is a good point, and I like totally forgot it. So it doesn't matter. But um, let's talk about the final night and like yeah. what your experiences were with that because you you weren't on the floor in that night. Yeah. So I had I had such good seats. I, I so like I said, I had uh, traded up for a one F seat. So I was kind of in that like first like tier of like uh you know of the risers uh, right. at Budokan, if you could see from the the broadcast. And uh, just, yeah, had like a bird's eye view. I could see everything that was going on. It was like, it was perfect. And uh, yeah, it was just, um, I guess, you know, people were getting up for, you know, some of the tag matches going in, but it, you know, it, people were waiting for that, that main event. I, I know you guys had talked about it. Like the, the final this year was just about that Tanahashi and Ibushi match. Right. Like, yeah, it was, there was not much else going on. I mean, you had, you had Ray show up. That was cool, but yeah, I, yeah it, it, it was surprising because usually you feel like that's one of the big four pay-per-views that they do sort of deal. And yeah. it, it wasn't this year, really, but the it was all just built towards the G1 final. Right. Which, you know, I, just being selfish, because I, I was there and I paid for tickets and stuff, it would have <laughs> been cool to see some of those. But they had they are running more shows. They've yeah. got like the, all these U.S. shows. So I, it does make more sense that they would want to hold off on some of those. The, the Destruction matches. Tour is more stacked than it's ever been yeah. before, Destruction too. Tour looks cool. We'll talk about that in We'll a bit. talk about yeah, that, but sure. that... That also makes sense. And, you know, if, if Hiromu didn't get hurt, we probably would have seen a junior title, title defense. Yeah. I would have, I would think. Uh, Is LIJ ever going to defend those junior tag titles? <laughs> or not LIJ, <laughs> yeah, uh, Suzuki-Goon? Who was who there to defend against? They have beat Rapungi 3K a billion times. I don't know. I don't care who they defended against. <laughs> they just need to defend those belts. Like, there needs to be a 60-day rule. I don't know what's going on. I want Harold May to come on screen and address them personally and then order a tag match right then and there. <laughs> Smackdown style. Just get Folly to drop some weight in the team with Ishimori. Oh, and, my yeah. God. <laughs> Did you ever hear when Tangaloa said that he wanted to drop to Junior? Really? Yeah. He did an interview on uh, Killing the Town, which is uh, wow. Don Kaus' podcast. And, like, Don, I forgot what he was asking them about their future or whatever. And uh, uh, Tangaloa's like, yeah, like, I really wish I could, like, drop to junior, be a junior heavyweight. It's like, I love the way they wrestle. I would love to, like, wrestle. I'm like, what? <laughs> I wonder if he's being serious or just trolling. Uh, or, like, if he just knows that, like, he's never going to make his heavyweight and his only shot is to be a junior. Is to be a junior. I don't know. He sounds kind of serious to me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those juniors work so freaking hard. Like, yeah, I would, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, on the final night, like, you know, you saw what stuck out in your memory. Like, what was, you know, memorable? Uh, as far as the undercard goes, Just in general, yeah, the whole um, night. Yeah, I mean, uh, I outside of the main event, uh, I thought the uh, I thought some of the the, the, the stare down that uh, Kenny and Ishii had. Ooh, Ooh yeah, yeah. People yeah. were like, oh, I'm really excited for that. People really got into Homa showing up. Although that was more of a B block thing. He yeah, didn't show up on right. the final, but people really got into that that B block. That's awesome to hear. Uh, Shibata showing up, like that was people would just. Bro, I think I would cry if I saw Shibata. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. When I saw him out there, I was like, "What?" If I if I like saw Shibata, I'd, like get down my hands and knees and like <laughs> was, uh, bow. That was something else. That was just yeah. And their whole history together, you know, uh, is it, it makes that whole thing really cool, you know. Yeah, uh, we we actually have a uh, couple. Of, well, well, we have a buddy that's a local wrestler here that partook in the training camps uh, out in L.A. with Shibata. Really? He's, he's going to be coming on the show here in the near future. We just got to 
He's already agreed to it. We just yeah, we have got, we, got pencil in. We got pencil. We got a lot of like interviews plus all this. How's his PK? Stuff. Like pretty good. Like, yeah, I don't know. He was telling us about like the way that they teach him to bump, and it's totally different. And they're like, no, 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 no. You bump this way. <laughs> That's so awesome. And like he, Okada, he said Okada was there. Yeah, he said Okada was just like tossing them around and stuff, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, there was a memorable thing. Uh, there was a lady who was just super into Yoshihashi. I don't know if she was what. Being, like, <laughs> I don't know if there was just yeah. a level of Japanese irony that I was missing out on, but she was like way into Yoshihashi. Like, <laughs> there's like, there's like, it was pretty great. There's like, um, a very like, small it. contingent of Yoshihashi fans. We don't even know if it is small. It could be <laughs> large. We don't be. even know. I mean, we know like uh, my boy Mister uh, ACP like always grills us every week when we, we make we, fun of Yoshihashi. We, we have a regular listener. Uh, Mr. ACP, what's up, Mr. ACP? If you're listening, we uh we actually met up with him at the Daytona show. He's uh, but he's oh like every every so often in our comments and stuff, he's always taking me to tasks. We disagree a lot. Uh, plus, I say a lot of foolishness on the show. <laughs> but uh, he loves like well, I don't even know if he loves uh, Yoshiashi, but I think he just like wants to, him to get a fair shake, and I just bury the crap out of Yoshiashi. <laughs> I freaking hate him. So I'm like. There's people out there that are really into like Yoshihashi. Yeah. That sounds crazy. The loose explosion, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his fans, but uh, what was like the general, um, you know, reaction to like Ray? People were in people were into Ray. Um, People, uh, you know, I think like he's only been in Japan that for that one show, or was that he, was that a US? Was that only the US show? No, he. No, he, he uh, what was that? He worked New Japan this year. Was it, was it Dominion? Club. Was it Dominion? Yeah, it was Dominion. It was Dominion. Okay. Okay. He came yeah. with uh, Tanahashi and Kushida. Prior to that, he'd only been in Japan for the uh, the Super J Cup during back, but that was dur- in '96, '95. Yeah. That was for War. Yeah, was, but people know. Right? Of course, of yeah. course, yeah. like yeah. they know who he is. So like they, yeah, people were into that. Um, you know, and I, you can you can tell when people, the reaction is just like a, it's like a a low roar that kind of like builds up. It's, who it's who cool. would you say were some of the guys that got like the biggest pops? Like who seemed like the most over? Yeah, Naito for sure. Uh, would you say he was the most over? Uh, I mean, in terms Tan- of like Tanahashi, not was. in terms of like matches, but in terms of like when they come out and Naito, the Naito. music hits. Yeah, yeah. Na- Naito. It's just like yeah, it's just because he's got you know he's he's got the best music, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean Suzuki, but no Naito. <laughs> Actually, so I saw this gift the other day where it was like there's a murderer in a house and he's looking for like somebody, and it was a wrestling fan and he was like he does the first part like the da 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 da, and then like the wrestling. Fans like Kazenina. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, what I did find interesting was Okada had kind of a muted reaction coming out. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. He's still wearing them pants. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> how, how do you feel about the Okada pants? Do you prefer uh, the pants or the tights? I well, I mean, Okada's got those ham hocks, man. Like uh, <laughs> he doesn't need those pants at all, but. Uh, his new character, I think, I think the pants work a little bit more. He's a little bit more down on his luck, and he's just like, I don't know, I'm trying new things. I'm like, he's like going to a weird puberty stage. Where like, you know, he's like, I don't want. He's like, guy, ghetto. He's like, a weird, like, get out of here. Like, I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. need you, dad. That's that's that's, that's, that's ghetto. You're not my real dad. <laughs> I feel like he's just like breaking out of that. Like, you know, like. You know, Nakamura kind of brought him up, and he left, and he's like, you know, he had his. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
he's abandoned and he's just like I don't you know I lost my belt like what am, what's going on anymore? remember the time he tried to fight his dad and then he got armbarred <laughs> But yeah, I I found that really interesting because even though like, you know, Naito's losing like every night and he's still getting these crazy reactions, Okada on the flip side, people are just like, yeah, Okada, whatever. I think one of those weird points that I was trying to make was, you know, basically people have talked about how the Naito fans, especially in the U.S., for so many years, and we're talking for years and years, we're going back for like four years. Yeah. They keep being told, just wait, next year, next year, next year. And people over here, and I don't really blame them. They're starting to feel like, well, when's it going to happen? Because I've been told this before. But like you were were mentioning like Okada's great reign and, uh, you know, from a marketing and a business standpoint, if the guy's still over and they drew all those houses with freaking Okada, they probably made the right decision back at Wrestle Kingdom last year. I think they did. Um, I was, you know, I'm more of a fan. It's so weird because it's just like, as much as I like certain wrestlers, like, I just like overall pretty much everybody on the roster. Right, I think we're the same way. We had this discussion a while ago. It's like, it's hard for me to say who my favorite wrestler is. Yeah. Like, everybody, for the most part, is, like, so awesome. Like, wrestling is such a high level. It's like... My my smarkiness has re- really made it hard for me to attach myself to one guy. Yeah. You know, it's not like when I was a little kid and I loved the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Um, by the way, Ultimate Warrior would beat everybody in New Japan right now. <laughs> and it, what's cool, though, too, about, like... Like Naito lost because of his own like hubris, right? Like, right. like it all made sense. Did you pick up on that during the? Uh, I didn't. I'm too Zach stupid Sa- to pick up on it. <laughs> I'm sorry. During the Zack Saber match, did you did you pick up on the fact that he pointed up to everybody and was looking for the chance, and he started doing the Stardust stuff again? Uh, I might have missed out on that. Yeah, there was there was different like commentators and stuff, and like I was reading reviews, and I didn't pick up on it the first time, but then when I started thinking about it, they're like, they're like. He started bringing out the Stardust again, and then he got right. he got Zach drivered for it, yeah. and it's like, where where are they taking this story? And know? that was very similar to the Wrestle Kingdom match. Yes, where, right. Yeah, he like he got cocky, got into Stardust mode, went for another Destino. So I still think they're they're still they're I know they're like and I'm I'm sure going in when they originally booked it, they probably you know I know we they talk about New Japan booking like you know a year in advance or whatever. I really think the way that Okada's reign was going, they. They called an audible. Maybe it was like four months before it happened, but still, like I think they always intended for him to break the uh, the title reign record or the defense record. defense record. Yeah. yeah, you know, without that, we wouldn't have got Tanahashi and Okada at Dantaku. We wouldn't get Dominion three. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I mean, his, that reign was literally legendary. We're talking about Kobashi and Samoa Joe levels of mm-hmm. legendary. So, I mean, I mean. I don't know. I do wonder, like, on the on the flip side, it's like, you know, Naito fans, are they going to be happy when he has, like, how, what is it going to, and I'm, I am a Naito fan, so I'm not just categorizing. Yeah. We got listeners who are probably Naito fans who are like, what do you mean Naito fans? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I, I love Naito. Yeah. But I mean, for the people who are diehards who are like, this is my guy, this is who I support. I definitely met people that were there. That were, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Would they, is like a, a, are they going to need a year-long reign? Is a three-month reign going to be disappointed? What are they? Ex- you know, what do you think that those fan- that fan base is expecting, or is it just the fact of him getting that crowning achievement at a Wrestle Kingdom level event that they're looking for? Yeah, and honestly, I w- I'm excited about the 
I guess, like, what his next, like... Because I feel like Naito is one of the deepest, like, characters in wrestling. He's got one of the best, like, long-term stories just in... Not even just in wrestling, just in, like, storytelling in general. Like, the way it's been done is so awesome. And that's why I'm such a fan. Also, he's just charismatic as hell, like... um, So you mean, like, he's one of the best characters in all of, like... Like cinema and modern mythos, <laughs> yeah, kind of like, yeah, like I mean, just the, the Shakespearean levels of like greatness. It really is like if you want to, you know, hey, I'm, I mean, I watched The Wire, I, I watched good shit. Oh like, I, man, <laughs> we got to talk because yeah. Wire is my favorite show of all time. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it for the Wire, uh, t- Wire style. We'll, we'll save it. For, we'll save it for our yeah. Patreon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I watch. I feel like I would have some good, some good takes, but like, uh, yeah, just like Naito's his story and that was one of the things that like really really got me into it like when I kind of like look back at the history of, of all that stuff and how long they've been building it and yeah I know they haven't really pulled the trigger and they probably they might have missed the mark I don't know it feels like Kawada kind of yeah it feels kind of like Toshiaki Kawada like they like that's what it feels like like this guy who's who should be the guy but they're not doing it that's what it kind of reminds me of yeah and it, but his character serves like he's got a chip on his shoulder right and he's got like uh he, he you know he he loses because of his own hubris where and i i'm waiting for that next step where he he can overcome some of that and they haven't told that story yet and that's what i'm waiting on more so than him winning a title belt what's what's your take on people's opinions that the tranquillo thing is a facade yeah so that's so what i was going to say like a lot of people i've been hearing they say like the tranquillo thing he kind of uses that like to kind of mask his it's true feel his true feeling like he really wants to be the stardust genius mm-hmm. but he know he's afraid it won't work so he he like does a yeah. tranquilo thing i could see that for sure and uh it's especially kind of builds into his hate for the IC belt which mm-hmm. is <laughs> pretty awesome yeah. see and that's um, another thing too it's like yeah his hate for the IC belt but also when he threw the the IWGP title yeah. when he first won it if if he's gonna be the guy, yeah. he can't do that. Exactly. Because at some point, you gotta put over the company. Mm-hmm. You can't just be anti-company and be the guy. Right. So that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm waiting. And I feel like when he finally does win it, that's when he kind of breaks out of the tranquilo. Yeah, it's gonna be weird because it's like they sell way too much Lij. It's like the whole Bullet Club thing, like. This might be a hot take. I don't give a shit about Bullet Club like at all. Like, oh, I, yeah, <laughs> you and Jeremy about to have some heat. <laughs> I don't. I, they, I, you could, the only reason they're still keeping it around is because of the merch. Right? Jeremy's right? been formally trained, so I mean, yeah, I like, he's he's about to shoot on you, brother. <laughs> to me, that's the most like it's been the least interesting stuff about yeah. New Japan. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we we uh, we do an awards show every year, and we've been thinking about like what what's the most compelling like feud of the year. And there's been so few feuds that have gone beyond just a one month program. The one constant throughout the year has been the Bullet Club stuff, and even that has been like yeah. you thought it was going to go one way, and you never really got the payoff you thought you were going to get. It just kind of like, for instance, uh, like Cody and Kenny. You know, we got two matches out of it. And it took a super long time to get there. And it wasn't as compelling as he thought it was going to be right. to get there. Now you got this G.O.D. and Kenny stuff. And it's kind of like, it just feels like we're killing time. Yeah. with something that we could be doing way cooler stuff on the... Like, I don't even part. know what the point is. I mean, like I, like, I like Bullet Club. But even me, I'm like, what are they doing with yeah. this feud right now? And honestly, like, I think the whole G.O.D. thing... 
and uh, I could be completely talking nonsense here, but I think it takes away from like your Jay Whites, where you've got kind of like a similar kind of like. Oh wow, we got we got deal. a Jay White fan here. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm like a huge fan of like he's Trent Reznor or something like that's his gimmick, right? We, like, we, like, we got we got buddies of ours. What's up, Rich? We got we got buddies here who don't like yeah, at all. Really? Like, I, yeah. I'm willing to give him a shot. Uh, I'm still not fully like on board, but I think you. Ha- I think the I think the Tongan stuff kind of takes away from him because they're too similar. Like we don't give a shit type heels, right? And it's just too much. They're too similar of characters for New Japan. And like my problem with the whole Tongan stuff was like they left San Francisco, like with all the heat. Like it's a big angle. Like these guys were like they were making these guys out like they're gonna be like the main event, like top thing. And then you go into the G One and they're doing all these stupid DQ finishes. Yeah. And when they do have a clean finish, they're losing. It's like they kind of like killed all the heat for it. Like. Tamatonga lost to Kenny Omega. It's like, yeah. what's the point then? He can't beat Kenny Omega. Then he, he's not going to beat anybody else in the Bullet Club. Like, yeah, I just I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I like their whole thing is just like, well, we're gonna get heat by not having good matches, right? I guess, yeah, which gonna, I don't. We're gonna have bad the, matches. We're gonna like just curse and like yeah. flick everybody off, and, which you can do, but like. I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, I, I. It's a little. It's not why I watch New Japan at all. Right. So, and I feel like a lot of people feel the same way. So right. Not, uh, so I think that we've. Um, I think this is, this discussion's been awesome. But there, I do want to get back to your final night okay. and kind of wrap up on that. But before we do that. What were did you have any interactions with wrestling fans there that kind of like you could give us insight to like what the Japanese fans like what their opinions are what they're thinking that sort of thing? Um, so I didn't really other than just kind of you know picking up on you know the people next to me being like big Ibushi fans and you know you you could bring in your own booze so they're just <laughs> <laughs> so they're, getting, they're getting into they had a bottle show too man they're they're getting into it but. uh no, I mean, uh, I, you know, I don't really speak the language, so I'm not really, like, uh, talking to too many fans. Other, th- I did meet uh, a few people, uh, foreigners. I, I met uh, someone from the U.K. who was at the show. He was actually staying at my hostel. I was wearing, uh, I had gone to Minoru Suzuki's uh, pile driver shop, and I bought a bunch of stuff there. Really? Yeah. Uh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to catch him there, but he, he wasn't there. But uh, I, I was talking to him, and just... He was like not. He's he's like super not into the tag match. He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna show up later after the tags are done. I don't give a shit. Like that was Suzuki. Oh no, uh, the, the the guy I was at my hostel. Oh, I was gotcha, wearing the indeed. Suzuki shirt. He he saw that. I literally thought like Suzuki told you like I don't <laughs> care about these matches. And I was like, he probably doesn't. Honestly, yeah. he's probably just like. We're buying more socks. Like I think, I think like Suzuki doesn't care about the G one at all. He's like, I'm gonna mail this in, and you know, when it comes time for like King of Pro Wrestling, I'm gonna put on a classic. <laughs> um, yeah, just. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, I guess um, you know, you see a lot of the typical stuff that you would see at like you know, like a WWE show. You've got your cosplayers. This this one girl dressed up like Evil that was actually killing it. Like that was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, uh, just. Yeah, like all your Lij fans that were there, you got it. You had a decent amount of like Bullet Club fans, uh, Japanese Bullet Club fans, uh, believe it or not. Um, and just uh, yeah, it was just um, people are really. And this is something I've noticed outside of wrestling, like because I went to like a few like you know like concerts and stuff when I was there. Like Japanese crowds, just in general, tend to like really just hone in on what's happening in front of them. Like I went to like a punk show. 
nobody was like moshing or doing anything. It's like they're watching what's happening on stage and what was happening was oh, like man. nuts. Like, that, that's what I need to be at because I love I love hardcore music and yeah. stuff like that, but I don't like moshing and I'm always yeah, like that. I, I've been in a mosh pit one time before and I was like, oh my I'm god. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I, I, you know, I just I, I don't know if I'm just grasping at straws here, but like I feel like there's a similarity between just like the I guess the culture over there for how you view a, a performance and like you don't try to make yourself any kind of like you don't spotlight. try to get yourself over yeah <laughs> more or less yeah. yeah um and that was pretty refreshing because you you know being in florida that's i feel like yeah you, you go to a wrestling show i know because we're the guys that are trying to get ourselves over <laughs> yes. we're it's ricochet up there come on yes. <laughs> what are you doing we're actually at this one fip show where there i forget the wrestler's name i, I actually wouldn't say it on the podcast because i guess that kind of be burying him but there's a wrestler I don't like real, mm-hmm. a lot at FIP and I was like heckling the crap out of him <laughs> and this like one drunk lady was like do you know him and I was like no she's like you couldn't beat him or like why do you think he sucks why do you think he sucks and I was like he does <laughs> his moveset his look his aura like everything that he's doing like his psychology like he's not good <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah we're we're like those heckling fans it's kind of bad <laughs> sure it's you know i, I don't want to like bury what we do in america that much it's just oh you different. should because it's it's, it's awful yeah I, at, at times at times it can be really bad yeah. but i want to go to like I want to go to a New Japan show where I sit there like respectful and like I oh, don't yeah. stand up and I'm like, Ibushi, like oh, I watch how all the shows start. Though. Like the music comes on, everyone's just clapping in use. It's a little creepy. <laughs> I gotta be honest, but uh, once you get through that little intro part, uh, you get a cool like uh, Jushin Liger vignette, like telling you how to be like respectful in the stadium. That was pretty fun. Did you see any any uh, like uh, Western fans that were like? didn't weren't getting with the program and like kind of no and i yeah i feel like they would all I, I didn't see i did hear a few like uk people just yelling some shit and i don't remember exactly what it was but i remember being like yeah you don't we don't need that like right now it was... yeah ricky and clive <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no uh we have another show called the ricky and clive oh, okay, wrestling show they're yeah. from uh scotland Probably, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah those those belligerent footballer fans <laughs> It could have been something Probably like, yeah. like doing like a Zack Saber chant or something. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even like the chance. It was just like yelling something. It was like I forgot what it was, but it was just like okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would be too, because a lot of Westerner fans were like me, just like traveling by themselves because they can't convince anyone else to pay eighteen hundred dollars to go watch wrestling <laughs> with them. Yeah. But uh, uh, they're just like you know sitting and watching and not being too. They didn't want to stand out too much. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a different experience, and it's it's it really serves to the matches that they do in New Japan because the crowd they really play to the crowd, like truly play to the crowd. Where what did it feel like yeah. being like in a crowd where you couldn't talk to anybody around you? Um, or were you able to kind of like communicate with? No, people? I feel like you could, but I, I wouldn't want to be like annoying while they're trying because they're like really it's like watching golf like you're like <laughs> watching the match watching every it's a little move. bit more it's more lit than golf could be but uh, like they're like watching like all the moves and everything and I feel like if I was just like this is actually funny because this happened to me at the Long Beach show 
some guy was like barely paying attention. I'm like, it was the Ishii versus Zack Saber match, and I was like so excited for that because I'm like, Ishii's gonna just knock this dude over. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was like, a tag match, right? I think it was a single match. Well, the tournament, wasn't it? It was one of the tournament. The oh, you the went to the first one. Long Beach. Yeah, yes. yeah, the one from last. I thought year. you were talking about the Walter Pyramid show. No, You're talking no, about the first one. The very first one, the U.S. tournament. Yeah, yeah. That the, match was awesome. Yeah, and I was like super stoked about that match, and this dude was just. He was drunk and he was just trying to talk to me about like something that was not really. I'm just like, hey, like I'm trying. To, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like watching this right now. So like, you know what's funny? I've also watched a Zack Saber Jr. versus Ishii match live with a drunk guy sitting next to me trying to talk to me about <laughs> I just, talk, trying to talk to me about stuff that I was not interested in. That happened at the Sugar Mill when we were yeah, in, uh, our rep pro. So infuriating. The only thing is, I knew the drunk guy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we were good friends, but uh, what's he, up, Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he had too many hurricanes. So uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, man. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I could, you know, you can ask a question or something. Or you could be like, you could probably talk. But, it, you know, it was just like. I just didn't know if that was like an alienating experience or a different. No, no. I, didn't feel, I didn't feel alienated because, you know, I'm I'm doing the same thing everyone else is. That's while, awesome. Watching the match. And that's Japan in general is very accommodating, I feel like, to foreigners. Yeah. Uh, they kind of are very just like, you know, very nice and, and uh, yeah, accommodating. That's the right word for that. Uh, so let's talk about, we've, we've kind of briefly touched on it, but talk to us about your experience watching the G1 finals. Yeah, yeah, man. Tanahashi Ibushi, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, uh, again, like I said, the the one thing that you get other than just like the amazing match that's happening but I you know I'd seen amazing ma- New Japan matches specifically like Long Beach the difference was just the aura you get that like you know that uh, that classic like New Japan like arena aura where it's like the, everything's kind of like the, the way they do the lighting and stuff yeah um, I really felt that. I know some people were complaining about how the lighting came on the broadcast. It, yeah. In the arena, I felt it was awesome. But, I mean, I didn't really have much to compare it to, I guess. So, right. other than maybe Korokin. Um, but you had, like, yeah, it was just the way that the the the, uh, the ring was lit. You had, like, kind of, like, the big spotlight. and it was I think sometimes, really too, that cool. can do with, like, the way that the broadcast is. Because we're not getting it in a true HD yeah. on New Japan World. And, you know, if you want to bear through JR and Barnett in a, in a month from now <laughs> yeah. or two months from now, yeah. it might be a different story when you watch it on that rebroadcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can definitely see what people were saying. Like, I went back and watched it, and it was uh, – it didn't feel as uh, – like, it didn't feel as special as something like a, uh, the Osaka Joe Hall where you have, like, that crazy big ceiling with the uh, – like, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall it was just, like – an insane experience. Uh, I, I, I'm not very <laughs> good at very like uh, being descriptive about it, but uh, I mean, obviously the match was amazing. You guys all saw it, um, and uh, just the way that the crowd builds up and it, it hang on every move, and you know when that like slap that like slap battle that they started. Oh having. yes, and like yeah, we oh just like slapping Tanahashi, and Tanahashi just walking into the slap, just like eating it and walking forward, like just charging up, yeah. like. Yeah, and even like simple, like relatively simple stuff, like when um, I forgot which spot it was, but it was when 
I want to say Tanahashi hit like that first dragon screw mm-hmm. after like they were kind of trading spots, like hitting each other into the ropes a few times, kind of early in the match. Yeah. And he hit that first dragon screw, I, I think. No, I'm sorry. It was the first because uh, he had hit a bunch of dragon screws. It was that first um, sling blade where he mm-hmm. kind of he, he like uh, reversed uh, something into a sling blade. I don't remember exactly which move it was. People went nuts for that, and it was like. You know, a sling blade is a fairly simple move, but it's like the way that Tanahashi's able to get people invested in it, it's just like, oh man, it was so awesome. Um, yeah, highly recommend it. <laughs> if you can get out if you can get out for a G one final, it's it's yeah, dope. Man, that's definitely a, bear the heat. a bucket list item for me, man. Going to a G one final, going to Wrestle Kingdom, just going to Japan in general, I mean Yeah. Big fan of New Japan, love like Japanese culture and food and stuff. So ever yeah. since I've seen Jira dreams of sushi, I'm like, I gotta have that sushi. Oh man, I had some Kobe beef over there. <laughs> Woo, oh, man. So before we go uh, with the uh, interview portion of the show, any like final last thoughts or recommendations, anything like that? Um, yeah, I don't really. You know, I'm just kind of a fan. I don't really do this kind of stuff so I don't really have much to put over I will say uh, I really enjoy the Virtual Pros podcast those guys are awesome they put out like YouTube mixtapes of like here's a bunch of shit that you can check out and it's like a bunch of FMW stuff or like here's this Super Delphin match that's that's dope so <laughs> I love Super Delphin they're, they're the Chinooka Pro and stuff like that it's awesome yeah and I'm like you know admittedly I'm still like pretty like compared to a lot of people I'm a newbie when it comes to some of that older you know Puro stuff yeah, and especially here, Deathmatch stuff too I don't it's a huge blind spot for me but I'm getting more into it IWA FMW (laughs) so like uh, they do a really good job of kind of um, they'll do like they'll put out a mixtape of like some cool matches that they're just like random stuff and it's not even all Puro stuff sometimes it's like you know old like ECW matches or whatever um, and they'll just like have it all in a playlist and then they'll talk about why they put it on the playlist and you can watch them and that's really cool um, but yeah other than that I you know uh, just really into New Japan right now it's, uh, <laughs> they're great uh, well we we're glad to have you you know share your experiences with us uh, Jamie actually came over and brought like a bunch of like uh, paraphernalia yeah, some the, like the programs and a weekly pro bunch of hentai that he picked up over there <laughs> no i'm just playing there's no hentai here but yeah like like a, the the g1 climax 28 program that you got is awesome I'm, I'm like man if only i could read kanji like this would be awesome yeah <laughs> but i mean it, it's it's really cool it has like it it shows like all the different lists of g1 winners like it, it's so like cool looking i didn't want to touch it when when he first brought it <laughs> i was like i don't want to get the oil from my skin on this yeah. thing uh, which is really awesome, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're obviously we're really into this product as well. Uh, that's why we do this podcast is to get more eyes and attention on it, and hopefully, be a part of the growth that is taking place here yeah. in North America. Which, man, it's crazy, Jeremy. Like, we're literally like a year from the time that we decided to start doing this podcast. Almost, yeah. No, literally, like not from a year from our first oh, episode. When we started, we decided. We start. We decided WrestleMania or uh, SummerSlam weekend. Well, this, I thought it was Survivor Series weekend. Oh, was it Survivor Series? I can't because that was like November and we started in December. Well, did we did we talk about it that far off in August and then we wait? It sounds like we would do something like that, like talk about it in August but not start no, till I like, feel like it went like pretty fast. Like like it was like November. I think, I think it was Survivor Series. Yo, I'm botching out here. <laughs> I think it was Survivor Series. I thought we were going to have this nostalgic moment. We're not. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, but this is awesome. Like, we, uh, I know for me personally, I really, really, and I know Jeremy's the same. We both want to get out there for sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm down. 
So yeah, and that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, they're just so st- like, who knows what can happen? So if you can, if you can try to make the trip, like the sooner the better. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just the way that they they have everything stacked up. But even if you know, even if your Kenny Omegas and stuff leave, like. You still have such a stacked. Run. I feel like Kenny will never leave. He's the <laughs> IWGP champion. That's true. Yeah, that's I mean, true. we've been lucky to see Kenny live a few times. We yeah. saw him at a Ring of Honor taping in Lakeland. I was at that show. Yeah. Oh, well, probably bumping each other. They didn't even see each other. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, we've yeah. seen him WrestleMania weekend several times against the Golden Lovers. Against, um, against yeah. um, who did they face? Um, they faced the best friends best in Rapongi 3K yeah. or Rapongi Vice oh, yeah, mashup. Uh, yeah, and we and we saw him against Cody at the Supercard of Honor. So yeah, we've seen Kenny a few times. We saw him against the best friends too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I actually uh, a lady friend of mine. Oh. Oh. <laughs> she uh, sent me something recently because she knows that we do this show and uh, this there's this app called Hopper and they were talking about flights to Japan dropping. Uh, flights to Osaka dropping as low as two hundred ninety six dollars in the next few weeks. So wow, mm. from from Tampa. I don't know where from, but uh, <laughs> she sent me this post. So I was like, ah, oh, it's probably worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure if you like, you know, really got into it, you could probably find some, you know, cheap flights if you finagled things your way. Oh, and I, I stay finagling, but yeah. we call it finessing. Finessing, yes. Finessing, yes. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on my uh, it's like finagling my Jeff. I'm yes. On, <laughs> I'm on my Jeff Jarrett grind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a couple things we want to uh, get into. I think we got some questions. Yeah. Let me pull that up real quick. See, I've got a few questions. Bumbling uh, like your Ishii out yeah. here. <laughs> uh, the greatest seller in all of pro wrestling. <laughs> all right. So we got a question from uh, Jared Lark. He says, will Tanahashi win the next G1 to prove that he will be the ace of New Japan? That he's still the ace in New Japan. The next G1? The next 10 G1s. The next 10 G1s. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of Tanahashi. Yeah, I don't... I, yeah, that's... I might give him eight or nine. <laughs> 10's a little much. Remember when uh, Okada was like, I'm going to defend this belt a hundred times. Yes. <laughs> and a follow-up comment, uh, David Landra, he says, I'm tired of Tanahashi, to be honest. So, <laughs> so some Tanahashi hate, man, in the uh, Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at that. That's funny, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why would he? Say, I wish David was here to like respond to that. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you're you're tired of him? He's been he's been getting buried for like two years. Yeah. He's been like in the mid card like for a hot minute now. Yeah. He's just getting like re pushed right now. Like. Is he still in uh, the team Taguchi or whatever? Is he? Uh, that's the, I, I guess. Yeah, like it's Taguchi Japan, but it should be like yeah. Tanahashi. Tanahashi Japan, and it's not for yeah. some weird reason. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, how could you be tired of Tanahashi? It's like the guy's been nowhere near the top for years. <laughs> like literally since he lost to uh, since he lost Naito at uh, Wrestle Kingdom two years ago. Yeah. The guy's been no, almost nowhere near the, the main event. Like, yes, he's had a couple main event matches against him. I think it's almost like the hipster thing to say. Like, you know, people got tired of Cena. So, like, when it comes to New Japan, they feel like that's what they should be saying. Like, I'm tired of Tanahashi. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, and I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but if you're telling me that you're tired of Tanahashi, you don't watch this product. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I also just like the contrast of seeing guys like Naito and Okada faltering and Tanahashi's like step aside let me show you what's done <laughs> yeah. like I'll, I'll step out of the mid card and just take over this shit all this now, shit now if you tell me you don't like Tanahashi that's your opinion 
you're crazy. And you're wrong. And you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And you're wrong. Yes. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, only the most handsome, most, like, one of the most gifted and emotional, like, wrestlers that's ever lived. I Actually, last week, like, we hardly got, which was weird, we hardly got any comments on our Reddit post. Even though the show did really well in the numbers, we usually have a ton of comments. Almost none, but the one comment we got was like, young boy loves Tanahashi. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess I do. Um, but with that being said, it's like, if you don't like him, that's fine. But like to tell me you're, you're tired, tired of him? I mean, that guy got, he lost Okada. He got his freaking leg, leg ripped off, leg by, ripped off Suzuki. by Suzuki. Yeah. Um, he lost. He it. lost to Zack Sabre. He lost to Jay White in this G1. He lost to Jay White. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, moving on. Sorry. Uh, Zach Porter, he says, now that Hiromu's relinquished the belt and the tournament has been announced, who do you got winning? Are you disappointed that there's no Ishimori 2? So they made an announcement today. There's yeah. going to be a four-man tournament to determine the new junior champion. It's going to be uh, Will Ospreay, Kushida, Marty Skrull, and Bushi. First round is Bushi um, against... Um, it's, it's Osprey and Skrull and then Bushi and Kushida. I have it written. Are the two first round matches. Yeah, I have it written down here. So the, the first match is going to be taking uh, place during the uh, Destruction Tour. Mm-hmm. And then the second match is going to take place during Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Osprey and Skrull will be at Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Uh, Kushida and Bushi will be taking, on, uh, taking place September 23rd during Destruction. And then the finals will be at King of Pro Wrestling. In October. So who you guys got winning this, this junior tournament? I'd say you'd probably give it back to Osprey. Um, I haven't even really thought too much about it, but I'm going to say the smart bet would be to say Kushida goes to the finals. I would be very shocked if Bushi beat him. That would I would feel <laughs> offended if Bushi, if Bushi beat Kushida. Yeah. And then um, you know what? You could go Osprey, but I mean, what do you think, Marty Skrull? I, we're gonna get into we're gonna, we were gonna get into these predictions, but uh, I don't know. Man. I think I'm kind of leaving with Jamie. Like Osprey was just a champion, kind of go back to him. You think you go safe route? You go Osprey Kushida in the finals. Like King yeah. of Pro Wrestling is like a marketable match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, uh, now that I'm kind of thinking, they've kind of pushed Marty in the past, though. You yeah. could go Marty and then have that build to a, a Marty versus Ishimori thing later on. Right. That's part, a, of, part of the bullet club. That's something I was thinking about. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think Osprey is going to take it though. Like just knowing how they that belts flip flop back, back and forth with right. Um, I mean, the, the thing too is if you go with Osprey, you could go either way because I, Ishimori is like waiting off in the you yeah. Know, he's right. chomping at the bit. Like <laughs> he's on the back burner right now. Here yeah. to be Osprey, so you have a ready made match That's right true. there. But then if you go with Marty, you can do the Bullet Club versus Bullet Club thing. If that's still even going to be a thing, be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. It will. I think it's going to be a thing like all <laughs> forever. I think it's going to be a thing all all the way through. Uh, I I, I think the safe Madison bet is Garden. probably oh, to yeah. say Osprey. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Osprey most likely. Um, I was very surprised that Ishimori is not involved here, and I'm like, what is Bushi doing in this? Yeah. Bushi of all people, I, I would bring somebody else in before I'd even put Bushi in. They're they're holding Ishimori off for something after the tournament because the tournament they had to kind of throw together. So there, there's a, definitely a reason for it. Yeah. My my whole thinking, I don't know if you heard this on the last episode. I was thinking that they would just do a title match between Osprey and Ishimori. It just made a lot of sense. Ishimori was in the finals of the uh, best super juniors, and Osprey is the last champion. 
ready-made match. You don't have to do... Do this tournament, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Kushida did great in the tournament and stuff like that, and Bushi. I, don't, I still don't know why Bushi's there, but I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't get it. I guess, but I guess it's just something for Bushi to do since Hiromu's out. Yeah, and that, that brings uh, you know, our Rich asks, he's like, why is Bushi even in this tournament? He's regular. <laughs> what if what if they push Bushi on the tails of Hiromu being hurt? Oh my! Gosh. As like a redemption story, <laughs> like he's trying to win it for Hiromu. He, like, chokes people with a Takahashi shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out with his own Daryl. He comes out with Daryl? Yeah. Yeah. They could. They could. It's I mean, Daryl mask, actually. Yeah. It reveals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they could go the emotional route and have Bushi uh, win this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Bushi's, he's been a transitional champion in the past. So, I mean, they could do that. But Bushi I, sucks, man. <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. He's like a good guy to have in your crew. <laughs> like, yeah. He could spit the mist and, and do some stuff. He has the but, awesome mask yeah. and the suits. But yeah, as a single, I'm not I'm not sure about that one. As a tag, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> Probably right. Oh, my gosh. They need to trade him for Desperado. <laughs> yes. Oh, Get Despy in there. Um, yeah, why isn't he in it? Yeah, Desperado. I mean, he had a kill. He had a well, kill tournament. He's in a tag. He's a tag. Junior right? tag champ. Yeah. Yeah. And he just lost that title defense or that title opportunity. True. Yeah. yeah. The fuck that tag. Get him in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Rich also asks, "What move would we rather take, the raid maker or the V trigger?" Um. Yeah, I'm not trying, not trying to get my face smashed. <laughs> so I mean. I can handle my chest getting caved in, but I really can't handle my face getting, like, destroyed. So, I'm going to say Rainmaker. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely Rainmaker. Uh, I feel like a Rainmaker is this move that, like, is dehabilitating, but you're fine afterwards. Right. Also, I'll be able to wake up tomorrow. Whereas, like, a V-Trigger's destructive. It's a knee to the face. Yeah. Or the back of the head, depending. Yeah, I'm not trying to have, like, CTE, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can counter a Rainmaker. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's my question. When was Rich thinking about this? Like he was driving to work one day and he was like, he was like, would I rather take a Rainmaker or a V Trigger? Oh my god! Like when when are you going to like wrestling school, bro? Like yeah. to get in there and do this stuff? How about this? Would you rather take a PK or a V Trigger? Oh. oh, I still I think PK. I think a PK. <laughs> That's still a chest. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you on that. Cause dude, the V trigger is coming straight for That's your face. It really I... depends though, because if it's Shibata's PK, then I'm going Rainmaker or I'm going, going V trigger. Yeah, because you don't survive a. I I would PK. never like if I was like a worker, I'd never work Shibata. Like I've been watching videos of Shibata like recently, and I'm just like. Yeah, I would never fight him. Like, <laughs> he's out there, like, literally, like, killing guys for no reason. Like, did you not, you not know this thing's a work, bro? Like, he's the best, best wrestler. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, literally, like, online, I've been getting into his, like, stuff when he left New Japan, like, yeah. so from, like, the, the mid 2000s. I've been digging into that too. And I'm like, oh my god, he was killing people. But <laughs> 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 like, he's literally killing guys. Yeah. It's- he was vicious. He's man. violent. <laughs> like he toned it down when he came back to New Japan. Yeah, he 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 was able to kind of you know when he was having those crazy like main event strong style matches for sure. But like you know he'd have matches against like uh, 
like uh, Matt, like Matt Riddle, you know. That was a good match. Uh, yeah, and uh, even like uh, Zack Saber, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like those weren't like your typical Shibata. Like he still did all his stuff and everything, but it was. A I saw this match with him down. and Takiyama, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh man. All right. Next question comes from Tyler Fornes at the Real Forno on Twitter. He says, what implications will All In have on New Japan storylines? Will the match with Omega bring in Pentagon Jr.? Will Jericho no. attack Okada after the match to set up a feud? Non-canon. It's pretty much non-canon. Yeah. I don't think there will be much. There could be, like, one or two small things. I do think, though, uh, we haven't really talked about it, but, like, G.O.D. is involved with StarCast. Mm-hmm. And they're not booked for All In at all. But they're gonna. they're just, like, conveniently at StarCast... I'm pretty sure that they're going to be involved in Kenny's match. And I think that that makes sense because Kenny's not in the main event. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the semi-main semi event. <laughs> and that kind of makes sense to me. You know, maybe they get involved. I'm not even saying he's going to lose, but they do something. Maybe they jump him after the match. I don't know. Set up a future match between them. I think that could be the. That's the one thing I'm looking at where I'm like, that could be something. Right. You guys are going there, right? Yes. Yeah, we're gonna be there. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not super hyped for the card really at all. Um, I mean, I'm gonna watch it probably, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I want. I want to be proven wrong. I want to be. I'm sure it's gonna be like a really fun show. Like, right. That's kind of what we've know. said before. Was like we. It looks like a really fun show. So, yeah, I think a lot of people had like a Starcade or like some kind of bigger like card in mind. Yeah, but the Young Bucks and Cody. It's, it's like this kind of like fun, kind of like fun yeah. super indie show. And I, I don't it wanna, feels like a WrestleMania weekend show. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I don't want to like bury it too much because it's like some of the, you, some of the matches are really great. Yeah, but. In terms of like when you're when you're as a wrestling fan, you know, I think we really dig into like the feuds and you know things like that. And it, there's nothing here that's very heated looking. You know what yeah. I mean? Do you guys like follow like Nick Aldis at all? Like, <laughs> like I, the only time I followed Nick Aldis is when I was watching TNA and he was like with Magnus or he was Magnus. Like, he was um, Doug Williams. Yeah, and I think Doug Williams is awesome. I wish it was Doug Williams that was wrestling Cody, but yeah, dude, yeah. I don't care for Nick Aldis. Like, I don't follow him. Like, you know who I wish it was? Flip. Oh, uh, Flip Gordon. Yeah. And I don't like Flip, but, I mean, that's one thing I don't understand is how they have been using being the elite to, like, build all these storylines. And then nothing on the card, is, except for, like, our, the only match that was pre-built by being the elite was basically Stephen Amell and uh, Christopher, Daniels. Christopher Daniels. Nothing else in the card was right. actually. You, you think they were going to do Cody versus Flip, uh, Hangman versus Joey Ryan? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> he was asking if, you know, Omega vs. Pentagon, if that would bring Pentagon in. Oh, no. I mean, there, there's rumors that, already that Pentagon and Phoenix, Phoenix are potentially WWE bound. So, yeah, yeah he's not coming to New Japan. He was asking if we would see Jericho possibly tackle Okada. Uh, that could happen. That's going to happen. At, that match will happen at some point, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, like, Madison Square Garden, maybe. I don't. I don't so, know. I'm thinking maybe Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I was thinking Wrestle Kingdom, and I'm thinking maybe Jericho and Cody at Madison Square Garden. Hmm. That's an interesting. Matchup. That could happen. Yeah. For the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was thinking about. Well, I was thinking about it like I don't like. 
they'd have to throw a lot of money at him because it's like people don't ex- like that would be the next unexpected Jericho thing like oh he'll never have a match in the states against WWE and then he'd be like fuck you here <laughs> that would be like the most Jericho thing to do yeah and then having him against Cody it would be able to it would be a, a good way to kind of have like maybe the semi main worth like a, a Cody and Ibushi or whatever you want to do in the main yeah well um, Okada's gonna be on the card Tanahashi's on the card yeah, Naito's right, on the card we don't know where the Bucks and the Elite land so I mean yeah. who yeah. knows alright uh, Mr. ACP on Reddit who we mentioned earlier he has a bunch of questions for us here oh, on Reddit oh uh, first question what's the most amount of yen you'd be willing to pay for a monthly subscription to New Japan World the most amount. So I want to give them ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fine with the. We not. have market research that shows that. <laughs> so, at like nine ninety nine yen is basically about eight bucks and change. Yeah, yeah. I would not pay more than fifteen dollars a month for my subscription. Yeah, I'm yeah. With you. Same here. Yeah. They'd have to probably do more for me for me to pay fifteen dollars, but. If they did, let's say they raised it in a crazy world, I'd probably still pay that just to be able to watch it. Yeah. I'm with you. I would expect more out of the service for that. Yeah. A lot. You watch. Do you try to watch any of the archive shows? Yeah. Oh. They they don't work half the time. They don't. They don't. Yeah. Um, It's because they're, they're, they're not on the same, like. Uh, brandwidth or server or something like that yes. that the rest of the stuff I, is if I'm going to pay 15 bucks I want Kevin Kelly to go back and like English commentary over every single archive yeah. well we got some news regarding that on the on this episode but you know I mean I'd be watching the archives like me too uh, like uh, Roland Bach versus Antonio Inoki <laughs> like I watch that stuff Super J Cup 94 like yeah that, uh, that's this you know it's it's it'd be great to go and watch that but it doesn't work half the time for me and it's it's super frustrating so I just I only watch the most recent stuff on there now. I don't even bother anymore. Yeah. Um, there are alternate ways. <laughs> I wonder what Mr. ACP would pay. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask him. Uh, his next question, which sounds more appealing, the upcoming Iska singles match or running back Fale versus Hanare? Well, they're running back Fale versus Hanare, and if, it was only a, if it's only a minute and a few seconds like the first match, I'm down for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Fale and Hanare. I, I hate Iska. And him in I did a singles not, match. Who's he wrestling in a singles match? I, I don't know. I'll have to look the card up. <laughs> it doesn't really matter because I don't want to watch that. So. <laughs> He's going to be in the G1 next year. Don't oh, worry. my gosh. <laughs> that will never happen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next question. He says, after his crushing loss in the G1 finals, do you think it's safe to say that Ibushi will probably never main event Wrestle Kingdom? It's this real- realization that made Tanahashi winning bittersweet for me. I really thought this was Ibushi's year. Uh, I would, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we don't want to kid ourselves. Abushi's not young. You know, he's in his prime. But what is what is he? Thirty two, thirty four, thirty five. Something like that. Mid thirties. He's in his mid thirties, so it's not like he's young. You know, he's not one of these young lions that they. You know, they if they're gonna pull the trigger on him, they need to probably start thinking about doing it fairly soon to get the most to maximize the most they can out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, though, I don't think that this was any indication that they're not going to push him in the future or that he's been buried or anything like that, personally. Right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely could see him manning Ben and Wrestle Kingdom again, uh, doing it for the first time sometime in the future. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, is he going to sign a contract? You know, who are they going to lose next year? Like, 
there's a lot of things that can happen that could put Abushi in that position. Abushi's yeah. a big star in Japan. I mean, you were there, right? Yeah, people love Abushi. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think they know what they have with him. They wouldn't have never allowed him to do a dual contract with DDT in the first place if they didn't see money in him. Um, it really just does depend on whether he will sign a contract. The bottom line with Abushi, he signs a contract. Oh, dude. I'm not saying he's going to be the ace or anything like that, but he's going to be pushed heavily, heavily, yeah. heavily. Yeah. They're in a good spot, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Got, a lot of options. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, for sure. Uh, his last question, he says, do we plan on ever taking a week off from the pod? I figured this week could be a much-deserved respite for you guys after the G1. I'm glad you're still recording, obviously. Well, I don't know. Like, you know, we kind of thought that this week we, we were like, Jamie's going to come on. He's going to help us to kind of like uh, powder for a minute. <laughs> um, and we're like, yeah, like there's not anything going on. And then I've got like one of the most extensive news weeks we've ever had. Um, then all these Road to Destruction tour like show like announcements came out and I was like oh it's like a regular week like yeah. except we we brought Jamie on so now it's even more stuff that we don't really do <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. stuff to talk about for yeah. sure so I mean as far as like taking a rest week I mean I've never thought about it yeah man I mean we're a weekly New Japan podcast man but I've also thought like here's the thing here's the little secret if Jer- if I take a week off Jeremy's probably gonna be fine if Jeremy takes a week <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't getting a show that week. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, how to do the graphics. I don't know how to run the recording. I don't know. I don't have any equipment. Uh, yeah, you guys would be screwed. If Jeremy's like, oh, I got work this week. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess no one's talking about New Japan. <laughs> Catch you next week. <laughs> Find out next week on Dragon Ball Z. All right, that wraps it up for the question. What, what's your response as far as, like, taking a week off? I mean, I don't plan on taking a week off, man. I mean, we're a weekly New Japan show. We're going to cover it. There's always something to talk about, even if we have to eventually, like, go back and do retro stuff. But, I mean, with the increased schedule, I mean, it's just, like, a rare break in schedule that we got. But still, I mean, like you mentioned, like, we have a bunch of news to talk about. There's always something to talk about. So, I mean, as long as, you know... I'm healthy and I don't have any like to work or do anything crazy. I mean, I plan on you know dropping a pod every Tuesday. If you guys help us to finesse to make some money off this, then we really won't take a week off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So we're gonna talk about the road to Destru- road to destruction tour and the destruction tour uh, matches that were announced today. Yeah. So there was a press release that came out uh, today, September twentieth. Uh, announcing upcoming matches and the full match cards for the Road to Destruction shows, as well as the three uh, Destruction Tour shows. Which so we got six shows coming up, which we weren't even sure you know what we're getting. And right now we got a full plate right in front of us, <laughs> right after the G1, which is awesome. Um, so we've got Road to Destruction shows coming up on September seventh, eighth, and 9th. and then on September fifteenth, Destruction in Hiroshima. September seventeenth, Destruction in Beppu. And then finally, September 23rd, Destruction in Kobe. Um, For the three main Destruction shows, all of them are going to be in full English commentary, which I don't think we got any Destruction tour shows in English last year. No. Which is awesome. Um, So I think, like, the main thing here, we're we're probably just going to cover, like, the main, like, the bigger matches, the main events, any title matches, um, and kind of just give our thoughts and opinions on the matches here. Yeah. 
So on uh, the Road to Destruction on September 7th, we had the main event is the Golden Lovers against Tomohiro Ishii and Will Ospreay. As the main event? Yeah. That is awesome. So, I mean, like, you know, it's no secret. I think, like, you know how I said earlier, like, I don't have a favorite? I think, like, I'm slowly starting to come to the realization that Ishii just might <laughs> be my favorite, like, pro wrestler alive today. Yeah. yeah. Um... And then, yeah, him and Will Ospreay against the Golden Lovers is going to be awesome. Uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts and what are your predictions? Jamie, you go first. What do you, who do you think is going to win this? Uh, I mean, it's hard to bet against the Golden Lovers as much as I I love Ishii as much as the next guy. You know, he's the best meat and potatoes wrestler <laughs> I can think of. Um, he deserves a title, man. Like, come on. But, yeah, I, I think Kenny and uh, Bushi take that one. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the key here is uh, there's a junior on one team and there's not on the other team. So Will Ospreay's eating a uh, yeah. golden trigger. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what's going to happen. Oh, one thing before we move on, I wanted to address this because yeah. Mr. ACP had asked earlier about our opinion on um, Kota Ibushi. I know he had mentioned like him main eventing Wrestle Kingdom, but this is something that I saw on Twitter that was a very interesting fact. For the last five or six years. Whoever um, like co-main, whoever lost in the finals of the G1, ended up having a title match at Wrestle Kingdom in that same year, whether it was the IC title or the Never title. So based on the, that sort of statistic and Gato's tendencies, I'm assuming we're gonna see Ibushi in some sort of title match, title match at G1, or I'm sorry, at Wrestle Kingdom. So I just want to throw that out there. Ooh. Um, and then on Road to Destruction, uh, September 8th, the main event is Hiroshi Tanahashi and Juice Robinson against Kazuchika Okada and the returning Trent Barretta. That's a tough one. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jamie? Um, yeah, I have to think about that one for a little bit. So I think my question here is really who's lower in the eyes of the New Japan office? Is it Trent, after just returning from a, you know, injury, but being you know so freshly minted in the heavyweight division, or is it Juice who just got beat by like everybody in the G one? <laughs> I don't know. Like Juice can really can't handle any more losses right now. Like he already has like a billion people that want to challenge for that U.S. title. They uh, probably yeah. need to heat him up going into to, the uh, U.S. That's show. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think yeah, Tanahashi and Juice will get the win on this one. So I, what are you calling? I think Tanahashi high five flow. Trent Beretta takes the loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That match looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they they, they got the wrong best friend in there with Okada though. <laughs> what it, real quick? What do you think? What do you think about Trent being in a G uh, a G one next year? I mean, based up, I think without the injury, he would have been in the G one this year. Probably. Yeah, most likely. I mean, they were pushing him hard with the whole heavyweight stuff. So, yeah, I definitely see. He could have been in this year. I think he'll definitely be in next year as long as he's healthy. Yeah, I agree. Well, well you never know. I mean, it's so stacked in New Japan. He takes, like, the Makabe spot, maybe? No. Really? Makabe's just, he's a superstar over there. Yeah, that's it's, that's, it's so tough. I mean, to me, he's not. But over there, he yeah, is. Yeah, he's like a celebrity still. Yeah, so. he is. And he's still got a few G1s left in him, most likely. I don't... I don't I think it'll be a little while before we get that like that final run from him. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, because they'll they'll do like a big deal out of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. all right. And then uh, Road to Destruction on September 9th in Shiba. 
The match that's in the main event position here, I don't think it's the actual main event. It is the main event. It, it is. Uh, uh, Nakanishi, Tenzan, Nagata, and Kojima. <laughs> against, the New Japan Dads. Against Makabe, Hanma, Juice, and David Finley. Yeah, so I mean, um, with that, like, in a weird way, uh, this is the most... Like, this is the match I'm kind of most looking forward to as far as, like, the road to shows. But in another way, it sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> who's but. So we know that we got the third generation dads on the on the one team, but who's on the other team? It's Makabe, Hanma. Juice, and David Finlay. Hmm. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, Kojima's team is going to get the win. He's going to get his big comeback from the torn ACL. Hell yeah. He's going to come in there, Western Lariat, just destroy everybody, man. I don't know what's so funny, man. Kojima is awesome. Yeah, your, your fandom of Kojima like Dude. is literally just so funny to me. <laughs> One of my favorite G1 matches from last year was the Okada-Kojima match. Do you remember that? Yes, that yes, match is awesome. Yes. That was... Man, that was like one of the most memorable matches for that. You know, what match I really like of of Kojima from that year was him and uh, Yoshihashi. That, that was actually that was awesome. good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kojima had a really good tournament last yes, year. Yes, yes. You see, you see what I'm talking about? He's he's the best, man. I've I've never doubted Kojima's like ability. It's just your over the top fandom of Kojima is a, it's a little much. Like Red Club for life, man. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that, those are the big three main events for the Rose to Destruction, and then we get the actual Destruction Tour, uh, Destruction in Hiroshima, uh, September fifteenth. The main event is Kenny Omega defending the IWGP title against Toromo, or excuse me, Tomohiro Ishii. We also have a six-man tag on the undercard. I thought it was worth mentioning OG Bullet Club, which is the team of God and Ishimori. Uh, defending the titles against Taguchi Japan, which is, uh, I believe it's Dave Finley. Juice, Juice and Taguchi. And Taguchi, yeah. So let's start with that match. I mean, obviously it's the never six-man tag titles, but I'm going to say this. I think Taguchi Japan's taking those belts. Really? Well, we've got an upcoming uh, tag team match between the Young Bucks and G.O.D. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that they need those titles very much. And they hot potato that belt, you know, around. It's, they haven't been doing it lately, but I'm pretty sure they're going to drop those belts. It's, it's Taguchi, uh, what were the other two? Taguchi, Finley, and Juice. Those are just three guys that probably, like, yeah. they should probably just put the belts on them and let G.O.D. do what they're going to do. Right. Yeah, I could see, yeah, I could see that. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? It's hard. I, I have no. Pre- it's so hard to predict the. It's the never. Belts. It's the never titles. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They might as well not exist. I mean, yeah, you could do that. It's fine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I could see. I could see like um, maybe like Taguchi's like you know banana peel slip on a banana peel kind of roll up like yeah uh, Ishimori or something something like that yeah. yeah I that makes total sense to me. Um, and then uh, the main event, Omega and Ishii. What are you thinking about that one, Jamie? I mean, Omega wins that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an insane match. Um, but yeah, Omega wins that for sure. Yeah, if it's anything like their G1 match, we're in for another banger. But obviously, yeah, I think Omega takes this one. I think the really, I think what we need to touch on before we move on is the fact that we thought this was going to happen at King of Pro Wrestling. And instead it's happened at Hiroshima, which kind of does make sense. 
in a way because it's Ishii and I was very surprised that they're going to let him headline at King of Pro Wrestling in right. like Sumo Hall. Yeah. And I was like, wow, they're really putting a lot of faith in him. And then they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're doing Hiroshima. And I was right. like, you're going to be on the first night of this, of the main t- tour here. But, but with that being the case, I think anyone in their right mind is pretty much predicting like, yeah, Kenny's not dropping the belt to Ishii in any like capacity, but this match will probably be incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be amazing. With that being said, I'm like, dude, how many times can you gonna defend the belt between now and Wrestle Kingdom? Because you're probably definitely getting a Sumo Hall match, and not only that, it's like power struggles coming up. He could forego a title defense, but Kenny's crazy enough where like he'll want to do it. We might get three title offenses before Wrestle Kingdom. You still have the IC belt hanging around that could, you know, make a surprise uh, return for something like a power struggle. Not with not with Jericho attached to it. Oh yeah, when's his cruise? Well, uh, that's it, in October. It's just he doesn't work. He's not going to work a small show in any like he's just not going I to. Mean, yeah, I, I I mean you throw enough money at him, it's a way to kind of. I think he's only going to work like a, a king at pro wrestling is the only thing he would pro- probably work. That's true. Or, or like we've been talking about, we might not see him until Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I think will probably happen. But you do it, the option is still technically out there if you want right. to get around a, uh, a another Kenny defense and have a, a, another belt headline. I think with with them having like the Never Belt and the US Belt they could probably just do that but yeah. I, I kind of think like Kenny's like I'll defend the belt <laughs> and I'm like I could see the, belt. the defense record or defense, not the record but at least get some defenses racked up before he leaves you know if yeah. he leaves. So. I mean yeah I don't know we'll see but like yeah I think he's definitely going over Ishii here I just like I hope at the end of the day this is a match that helps both guys I think the, the idea of Ishii, Ishii has headlined you know he I think his last title shot was against Naito a couple years ago at like Dantaku um, was when that happened and it didn't really seem to lead anywhere for him. But I'm hoping that at this point, with after his G1 performance, mm-hmm. like, I, I just I don't want to see him in a freaking gauntlet six-man tag match at Wrestle Kingdom yeah, again. no, yeah. Like, it's time to, like, just go in on this dude and elevate him and make him a singles guy. There's no reason why he couldn't be, like, the Intercontinental Champion. That would be a tough, a tough call and a tough order, but, like, yeah. I don't see why not at this point. Ishii's one of the best workers in the entire business. Absolutely. All right, so then moving on to Destruction and Beppu, we have a never-open-weight title match with Hiroki Goto defending against Tai Chi. I am glad that this match is happening in Beppu. Even though I'm not going to... I'm not downplaying Taichi, but there was a part of me that was like, well... You know, it's like, are they going to do that at, at King of Pro Wrestling? And so, I th- uh, we kind of touched on this before. These are the, some of the most stacked Destruction cards we've ever had. Yeah, they never, they did not do this many title like matches at Destruction last year. Um, so with that being said, like, I'm going to go Goto just because that seems like the safe bet. What do you guys think? What do you think, Jamie? I'm picking Tai Chi. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think I think you have an interesting story where he's. I don't know. Has he been putting stuff out there that he's salty that he wasn't in the G1 yeah. even though he's a heavyweight? Yeah. yeah. This could be a way where it's like, see, I told you guys, like, I'm, you know, he wins he wins the belt and, you know, Goto can lose. That's fine. Uh, right. I mean, on that. Uh, I think that would be super interesting if they did that. Yeah. On that uh, final G1 night, he um, won the tag match against Yoshihashi. He pinned Yoshihashi. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying, like, Tai Chi should have had Yoshihashi's spot. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, have Tai Chi be a little bit vindicated here and 
and then uh, you have him just be like the biggest pompous asshole coming out with this never belt. <laughs> right. You know I mean? It's like, see, I told you yeah. I should have been the G1. I'm the never champion now. Like, yeah, it, it, it would be. They won't do it, but it would be great if he only defends against juniors as a yeah. heavyweight. Well, he, he was he was saying that in his promos um, leading up to the triple threat match at. Um, Dominion. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to win this belt. He's like, it's never open weight, so I'm going to defend against all the juniors first. <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't know if the companies is behind Taichi as some of the, uh, as some of his fan base is growing. I, yeah. He's definitely had a growing fan base in the last year. So. I mean, I'm I'm on uh, Team Miho Abe, so. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, I would love, oh my god. So I, and there are people who have been critical of me for being critical about Goto this year, but even though Goto's had great matches, I just haven't been compelled about this title reign. That being said, um, I would love to see Taichi have like a I'm gonna defend this never title against all the juniors. Yeah, yeah that's what we're just talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I would love that, but for some reason, I just feel like Goto's gonna win. I don't know why. I think he's gonna retain. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> just, uh, just the way. The way that Tai Chi's been sort of treated in the past, I, I could totally see that. But again, I could see like your scenario where he uses this as a platform to get pushed. So, I mean, it can go. I think it's up, kind of up in the air. It's I mean, they, they've done never title switches around the Destruction Tour. I mean, I remember a couple years ago they did a uh, switch with Evil and Shibata, which lasted like what eight days. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember they did that. Wow, so I mean, yeah. the never title is not like. You know, one of those. It's not the IWGB I mean, they, title. They just flopped it. You know, they had the triple threat of Dominion where Elgin won it, and then they dropped right. It right back to Goto. So I mean, yeah, the never, never title in the sixth. Never at the same time titles. though. It's like, what are you gonna do with Tight? Is Taichi gonna carry that into wrestling? I don't know. I mean, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yes. we'll see. Yes. Uh, the, the main event of that evening is gonna be a grudge match between Tetsuya Naito and Minoru Suzuki. I'm hoping that this match delivers on the build that their previous match had. It had this incredible build, and then I was so underwhelmed by the yeah. actual match, but there was these shining moments of excellence in that match where you're like, this could have been so much better than it ended up being. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this match rectifies that for me, where we're talking about a match of the year candidate type quality you know, situation between these two guys. Yeah, who do you think, who do you think takes it? This is interesting because I know I can't. Na- Naito won the last match, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's, so, like, it's like his one big win this year. Isn't yeah, it? like it, yeah, it's something. it's just like his one big like, win. Is Suzuki gonna get this win back? Oh man, I don't want to pick. Like it's like I want to pick Naito, but there's this part of me that's like I've been conditioned this year to be like, <sighs> yeah, just like he, <sighs> dude's the- taking an L. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Naito. Suzuki is just he, he's kind of like Naito in a way where like Naito like with Naito right he's taking lots of losses but at the end of the day he's the most over guy Suzuki can take losses true he's the scariest man ever and it doesn't really diminish his credibility as a as a scary heel right. especially if you do it the right way yeah with that being said I'm gonna go Naito because I think that this is I'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> that this is about rebuilding for him. I'm gonna go, and rebounding. I'm gonna go Naito too, um, just because you had Zach knock Naito out of the the G1, 
So if, if Naito beats Suzuki, that could sort of plant seeds for a... a Suzuki and... Uh, or, I'm sorry, Naito and Zack Sabre match? Well, yeah, or even a, a, if you wanted to do, like, a, a Zack Sabre and Suzuki split at some point, mm. you could, you could even if it's, like, six months from now, you could point to, you know, hey, you couldn't even beat Naito in the year that he was knocked yeah. out of the gym. We talked about this, I think, maybe last week or the week before, about Sabre possibly taking over the, the faction and becoming, like, Sabre goon and, like, that, they, they, like, throw Suzuki out. That could be a catalyst, you know, if, if you know, Suzuki's losing to Naito and it's like, you're losing a night, everyone's beating Naito. <laughs> knocked him out of the G1. That yeah. could be, you could plant seeds there with that, with this match. I don't know if it's so much like a, a mutiny that I've been thinking about, but more just, like, tension between the two of them because they're pushing Zack so much with Zack Sabre time mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, all that. And I'm like, how long is Suzuki going to let that go on? How long is the king going to let the prince do that thing you know yeah yeah exactly and this this would sort of give zach a little bit of ammunition like you know what i mean if they if they went in like a back and forth but i i i don't know that's one way they could go i i don't know if that's necessarily new japan style they could do that maybe that could be a an interesting wrestle kingdom match suzuki yeah. and zach saber but that would be awesome <laughs> i kind of think i'm just thinking more short term like Naito eventually needs to get that win back from right. Zack Sabre, so yeah. I'm hoping that it leads to a match yeah. between them at, rest, at uh, King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Naito's going to get the win here, and then Sabre, they'll fight at King of Pro Wrestling. And um, Sabre, he's in the undercard matches of this whole tour against LIJ guys. So they, they're doing a lot of uh, LIJ ten-man tags, right? Or eight-man tags? Well, this night's a six-man. Evil, Sonata, and Bushi against yeah. Saber, Kanemaru, and Desperado. I think during the the Road 2 shows and then the other nights, they're doing a lot of eight-man tags between the those two teams. So. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely they're planting some seeds for Naito and Saber in the future. Uh, so moving on to Destruction in Kobe, uh, September 23rd. We have the first semi-final match in the IWGP Junior Tag, or excuse me, IWGP Junior Title Tournament with uh, Kushida against Bushi. Yeah, so I mean, I I'm gonna go Kushida because Kush, it's Kushida, <laughs> um, and I I don't know, I, like Bushi against any other junior at King of Pro Wrestling just doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. And it seems it's a it's a higher profile show and it's like you probably need to have Kushida in that uh spot. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I uh I I have a hard time picking Bushi uh for anything unless they <laughs> unless they have some kind of plan that I'm just not seeing right now. I think with Hiromu having a broken neck though, you can tell a compelling story. And I think there are people out there that are predicting Bushi to win the whole thing because of that. Mm. We, we could look like idiots here when it's all said and done. We could. I mean, I that's the one thing I am thinking with, you know, you could do a moment where Bushi goes to King of Pro Wrestling, has the junior title match. Maybe you bring out Hiromu. Maybe you have him give his support to Bushi. I mean, if they're going to do that, then I guess, yeah, put it on Bushi. Does that not make sense? I they, think they could do that. They could do that. For sure, yeah. I, I still think it's better if they go with Kushida. Yeah, I, I don't. I just, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I think if anyone else in Lij is going to step up, it's going to be Sonata after the tournament he's had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think Bushi is able to step up in that way. Um, yeah, and I mean, if if any of the uh, commentary is based in shoot, like the guy's a heat magnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So everybody hates Bushi. <laughs> Kids love them, man. There's a lot of kids dressed like A lot, like a lot of Bushi masks. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, so the main event for this night, we have Tanahashi against Okada for the IWGP title shot at the Tokyo Dome. B, 
big rematch. What are you, what are you thinking, Jamie? Man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably Tanahashi. That's what I'm going to say. Could they go to a 60-minute draw? They could. I'm, I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, is he gonna beat Okada? Because that's that was my whole thing during the G1 was like, I didn't think that, given the broken nature of Okada, that Okada, especially since Okada beat him earlier in the year at Dantaku. Yeah. But with that being said, it's like, maybe, maybe this is the the juice that no pun intended, but like the uh, this is like the catalyst for Tanahashi to be like, okay, now I'm back in full ace mode for his Wrestle Kingdom matches. I finally, like, you know, I got over the Okada slump, and then this, that kind of brings Okada down to, like, rock bottom level. You could do that. On the flip side, everything that you just said, if you just exchange Tanahashi's name for Okada, Mm -hmm. this could be the juice slash catalyst for him to be like, okay, I'm back in... Full ace. It works mode. either way. It yeah. works either way. <laughs> this is the yeah the battle for the ace. I, and I the know. thing is too is like Okada and Omega at Wrestle Kingdom will draw again. It will. Um, and in a way, Okada, I think maybe is the more marketable guy in at Wrestle Kingdom against Omega, even though the Omega Tanahashi match is more protected. I'm expect I'm fully expecting Omega and Tanahashi yeah. to be the match. Mm-hmm. That's but that draw. But that's why this match is so intriguing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it could go either way, but I definitely think it's going to go Tanahashi. They've protected that Tanahashi Omega match for so long. Because yeah. Tanahashi it, didn't have to do this. Right. Like, he named his opponent. Right. And Tanahashi will draw, too, just as right. much as Okada Omega. And like, I think another interesting wrinkle to think about is, like, Tanahashi beat Ibushi, Omega's partner. And also, he's trying to convert Ibushi into this, like, you need to be a New Japan guy. Like, yeah. Stop messing around with the Bullet Club guys. Yeah. Stop doing your DDT stuff. Stop doing all these crazy shows and flipping all over the place. Like, sign a contract. Be a New Japan guy. Be like me. Be a star. So he's trying to convert Ibushi, and now he's you know facing Omega. That's a good point. Here's another reason why this is compelling. Um, Tanahashi has already named Jay White as the next, uh, you know, opponent for the contract. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys suffer losses against him at. Uh, during the G1, Tanahashi, his only two loss, his only loss was to Jay White, and then he had the draw with Okada. That's what's propelling him to do this. On the Tana, on the uh, Okada side, the only two guys he lost to was Tanahashi and, and, and Jay White. So if you did hypothetically put Okada with the contract, and then he turns around and he faces Jay White, it's a similar, Situation. it's a similar redemption yeah. story. Yeah. So that that also causes things to be like, who really is going to win here? And it it's like, it's so high stakes because of the background between Okada and Tanahashi where I'm like, I really don't want to see Okada lose to Tanahashi <laughs> because I feel like it's going to destroy him yeah. at this point. And, you know, that was something I heard someone say recently. They were talking about in the past, it's always been about one guy being up and one guy being down. Whereas in the G1, they were both down for the first time ever in their feud. And it was about two guys who had kind of lost themselves trying to regain where they had been. They were both at low points. They'd never done that before. Yeah. Now you've got Tanahashi coming off this high, being cocky. We've seen what happens in the past when he comes in cocky against Okada. Yeah. Okada upsets him. So I'm j- I'm really just like um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm going to go Tanahashi with this. What if Okada beats him and then they flip it back at, like, say, Power Struggle? Oh, running back. Tanahashi Okada for the briefcase again? Hmm. Wow. I think they've done that in, like, a WWE context before where someone won the Royal Rumble, lost it, and regained it back. Right. I think Mysterio. That happened Mysterio. So what if they went that way? I don't know. Yeah, that would be unprecedented, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've I've said it before. I'm not a fan of this whole contract business in the first place, but... I mean, it's an interesting time. I mean, we've said... I think when we were discussing this, I said, you know, Tanahashi's the one guy who could win the G1 and lose the briefcase, kind of similar to how, like, when John Cena won the money in the bank and then lost the challenge, he's the one guy who kind of who could kind of handle that. Right. Tanahashi would be fine. But I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they are going with Omega and Tanahashi. So I'm going to say, <laughs> against my better judgment... I think Tanahashi has to win clean against Okada. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, it would just play so well into both their stories of Okada just continuing continuously like heading downward while Okada heads upward. Like it just makes so. (laughs) Or you mean Tanahashi heading upward? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I do it all the time on the show. Don't worry. uh, I'm still actually kind of jet lagged. I got up at two thirty this morning. (laughs) Oh man! So like, yeah, but. uh, yeah, it would make total sense. Um, but yeah, I could see if you wanted to throw in a curveball, I could see Okada winning as well. So yeah. you're you're picking Tanahashi? Yes, for sure. Tana. Yeah. Wow. Unanimous. <laughs> We're going with Ace. Yes. I'm I'm pretty much dead set on that Wrestle Kingdom match being locked in of Omega and Tana. Same here. Yeah, that's what makes sense to me. But you never know a Gato, man. <laughs> So, Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which is also coming up here in the States. We don't have the full card yet, but a few matches. Uh, I don't think I'm ready to give my predictions yet, but we can kind of have a discussion about a few of these matches. So, they announced uh, that Juice Robinson versus Cody is going to be for the U.S. title and be the main event. Is that correct? Yep. Um, The Young Bucks will be defending the uh, IWGP heavyweight tag team titles against G.O.D., and then Will Ospreay will be facing Marty Skrull in the semifinals of the junior tag or the junior uh, the IWGP junior uh, title tournament. So we got three really big matches, which are all pretty intriguing to me. Yeah, I mean we've seen Osprey and Skrull earlier this year. That match was amazing. I think they're gonna like tear the house down once again. Have a near five star match here. Um, I yeah, I, I don't know who they're gonna go with yet on this one, but yeah, I think it's gonna be great. I thought it was interesting to hear uh, Dave Meltzer actually had some comments about the match between Cody and Juice, and he said it's it's Dusty's son taking on Dusty's best promo student. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then uh, Juice actually had some comments regarding the mat or re- regarding the promo that Cody had cut uh, at the G1 Finals, where he basically said, you know, you you show up here and you disrespect me in front of my people. These are not your people. These are my people. He's like, I'm on this tour for the. I was here the last 20 dates. Where were you? You were like shooting a TV show in America, <laughs> yeah. and then you show up and you want to disrespect me. He's like, you're not even a part of this company. Which I was like, ooh. Yeah. Another interesting thing, Cody could walk into this match as the NWA champion. Yes, because All In is, what, two weeks away? Yeah. And when it, when is the uh, this Fighting Spirit Unleashed taking place? September 30th. Wow, so at the end all, of the month. All In September 1st, so. That would be very interesting. I wonder if they would do, like, a title versus title, title situation. I they, don't know. They could. 
I mean, that would, in a way, I don't know, would that help? Which title would that, let's say they did do that, which title would it elevate more? The NWA belt or the US belt? Probably the NWA belt because it's going to be on TV. It's going to be the most eyes. That's such a sad thing to say. So, um, I mean, what what are your guys' general thoughts on like the show so far? And like, I mean, we haven't even, we don't even know about the ticket sales so much, really. Right. I mean, last I heard, the ticket sales were kind of going slow. Um, I think I haven't heard that the latest update, but the last time I heard, it was like fifteen hundred they had sold for for Walter pretty much seats like what five thousand. Yeah, yeah, they're hitting that. They'll they'll probably end up selling a good amount of them. I don't know if they'll sell out. I feel like they've hit that point of diminishing returns where it's just like, well, we've seen this stuff already. And, uh, well, I think one of the big uh, criticisms against the, say, the uh, the Cow Palace show was that they didn't announce anything soon enough. Yeah. Right. This time they really don't. Now, this is something where the Fed Defense Squad could use this as ammunition because this time... We've got ample time to be prepared for what matches are coming up. And if this doesn't do well, then they can turn around and be like, oh, well, I guess you guys aren't over. Right. So, I mean, this really is going to be a test. Also, it tells us, like, how Juice can do it in this market as well as Cody. I mean, do you think that that's a match that can really draw at the top of the card? Yeah. It's very interesting. It's like... Because I thought this was going to be like a... I mean, I did think it was going to be a Fighting Spirit Unleashed like match but I did not think it was going to be the main event right yeah. I was expecting like maybe Omega somehow in the main event or something but yeah I don't know it's it's weird because among the the New Japan contingent of fans like Cody is very divisive yes you know, he's not like I think the Ring of Honor fans really they like love him. him yeah Ring of they Honor love, fans love Cody yeah. so it's weird because it's not like a Ring of Honor crossover right so it's right. it's I don't know it's a little strange but it is cool to see like Juice you know headlining a show and, and, and being putting it in that spot. so It's a great opportunity for him. And yeah. I think Cody's a good guy to put him in there with because Cody's clearly the A-side. Yeah. You know, he like as far as stars go, even if he's, like you said, divisive in New Japan, he's the bigger star. And I think he can help give that rub to Juice in America, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, like... I'm I'm just really curious to wait to see what these ticket sales are like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm also wondering how good that match realistically will end up being. Right. Because it's Cody. Yeah. As much as I like Cody, I'm like in the main event against Juice. They keep going with Cody in in these California shows, too. And I'm wondering, like, how long are they going to keep doing that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too. This is like... The second show he's headlined in the, the same year, yep. California. Yeah. It's like, is he like a major California draw? You know, it's it's not I, like I wouldn't think so, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just I guess it's just like maybe who's available and who they can put in that spot at that time. I don't know. It's uh, it's hard. It's it's hard to say. I, I I have a hard time gauging where they really see Cody fitting in their like your expansion strategy. You hmm. know what I mean? Um, very interesting. Any final thoughts on Fighting Spirit Unleashed? No. Just looking forward to see what else is going to be announced yeah. in the upcoming weeks. So we will be bringing you more coverage as that unfolds and things kind of continue. Um, so you ready to go to the news? Yeah, let's do it. So even though this, for those of you who are fans of New Japan, this past week we kind of got a breather. There wasn't much going on as far as like uh, New Japan action because of the G1. All these guys have to keep working and there was five shows over this past weekend where there was New Japan pro wrestling talent across the country. We're talking 
in Scotland, we're talking in, or I'm sorry, Ireland, we're talking in England, we're talking in Mexico, we're talking about in Australia. So, I mean, it, it's been a wild weekend, not, you know, also with NXT and SummerSlam and Joy Janela's uh, Lost, in New, York. Lost in New York. So it's been a big weekend for pro wrestling. Um, a couple of the bigger, like, stories that, that you know, occurred this past week, um, Okada headlined Arena Mexico with CMLL this past Friday, which was like, wow, like, Okada's in Arena Mexico. Yeah, doing a six-man six tag, Captain's Fall. Yeah, so, yeah, he worked a, a six-man tag. I'm pulling up the results on that right now. Um, I did see one thing that was really interesting. So, Okada ends up um, basically... You know, he ends up headlining Arena Mexico, and then just coincidentally, Chris Jericho decides that he's going to tweet about how he was the most over baby face to ever work Arena Mexico right on the same day that he's headlining uh, Arena Mexico. Yeah. Planting seeds. I don't know, man. That, <laughs> that kind of tells me that, like, that there he could be planting seeds. You know how he likes to do. But he also, it also might just be a. Uh, you know, like basically just like a tease. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he worked He worked this past week. Did you get a chance? I know you watched the CMLL shows on Fridays. No, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to catch this show. Mm, gotcha. So I know that that's something else that's going to be up on the um, New Japan, New Japan World. Worlds yeah. for sure, especially with Okada headlining it. So I'll have to check that one out, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely want to check that out. I'm actually pulling up the event so I can find that. Um let me see this past Friday. Professional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he worked at the semi-main event. Uh, it was Okada, Negro Casas, and Ultimo Guerrero, which is an incredible team, taking on El Sky Team, Mystico, and Valiente, and uh, Diamante Azul. They won, uh, Okada, Negro Casas, and Ultimo Guerrero won in 60 minutes and 31 seconds. Um, for those of you who don't follow the Cubs fan, if you're not familiar with him, the Cubs fan is probably the most uh, comprehensive Lucha fan on the internet. He actually uh, did a whole question and answer session about Okada coming to uh, CMLL. So if you get a chance, you definitely want to check that out. This uh, past Friday as well, RevPro had their summer, summer Sizzler event. And in the main event, Tomohiro Ishii was wrestling Walter for a number one contendership match for the RevPro Undisputed British World Heavyweight uh, title. And I think most people were assuming that Walter is going to beat Ishii. Not so. Tomohiro Ishii has defeated Walter Dude, clean. That's, that's a big win for Hell Ishii. Yeah. <laughs> Rep Pro knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really interesting because Ishii just came off the title, and you're kind of—I was kind of thinking with Walter and his pushes and things like that—that yeah. that they're. I gonna, was totally expecting Walter versus Zuki. Me too. But it looks like we're they're going a different direction. So either Ishii is going to be wrestling um, Suzuki next, or whoever you know takes the belt off Suzuki. So um, I haven't heard too much about the match. I saw a few video clips. It looks awesome. I mean, how could Ishii and Walter not deliver? Right. God. Yeah, I gotta watch that. Yeah. Um, earlier on the the same card, the Great O'Karn defeated Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland was on the card? Yep, Shane Strickland lost. And then uh, Kushida defeated Adam Brooks uh, as well. So it looks like, uh, you know, Summer Sizzler, that's one of the bigger, you know, shows yeah. Repro does. That seems awesome. Um, the next day, OTT, on uh, August 18th, they ran WrestleRama 2. 
uh, which also featured several uh, New Japan stars. Kushida actually wrestled Shane Strickland the next night, he, so Kushida beat him, so he's 2-0 on this tour. Um, aside from that, Tomohiro Ishii defeated Juice Robinson. Um, also, speaking of Walter, he did defeat Jordan Devlin to become the new OTT World Champion. So, um, Dude, he must have like crushed Jordan Devlin's little chest. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure he probably did. And then uh, MCW uh, had their hundredth show, the International Showdown, which also featured several uh, New Japan uh, stars. That being the case, let me see who won in some of this stuff. So uh, they had Slex take on Will Ospreay for the MCW uh, Heavyweight Championship. Slex ended up defeating Will Ospreay. So, you know, we also saw Slex uh, last year against Okada. He's like pretty much the top guy in MCW, so that's interesting. And then uh, in the main event, Tatsuya Naito defeated Jonah Rock, who's also done interviews on this podcasting network before. Yeah. So Jonah Rock... PWG, he's like one of the next big guys, and you know that's who they ran their hundredth show, you know, against uh, Naito, and with you know Destino took uh, Jonah Rock down. I definitely want to check that out. A lot of excursion matches this weekend. Yeah, man, a lot of great stuff. Got to check out. Um, Ring of Honor ran their Honor Reunited tour this past weekend. Um, you know they ran shows on the 16th, 18th, and 19th at the International Cup, um, and then the winner of that ended up taking up taking on Jay Lethal. You had your regular characters. The Bucks were on the tour. I think uh, Marty Scurll was on the tour, different stuff like that. So um, I haven't heard too much about that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, you know. Over one weekend, five different companies running New Japan Talent just shows you the expansiveness of this company. Yeah. Well, I want to say, was it the last couple of years they would do some of the crossover Ring of Honor shows? Like, maybe it wasn't the War of the Worlds, but it was... Uh, uh, it was like a tour that they would do right after G1 as kind of like a rest almost. They Yeah, they've done that. They've done uh, War of the Worlds and they've done uh, they've Global, Global it, Wars it was, as well. It was the Global Wars, War, War of the Worlds. I can't remember. They've, they've also done it with, with Rev Pro as well. So it's yeah. at this point it's becoming hard to like keep track of all of it. But they yeah. usually do like three tours like that. And I, I know they, they did a UK tour when they did like Bullet Club vs. LIJ. Yeah. Too, so. I couldn't remember when, like what time of the year the, the Global Wars stuff was happening. Um, if it yeah. was after G1 one or not but so a couple bits of uh new japan pro wrestling news just to kind of wrap things up so earlier this past week kevin kelly tweeted out that uh he's actively working on covering uh classic new japan pro world uh matches that's awesome and they are going to be presenting those matches in with english commentary i don't know how far back they're going i would sort of assume they're probably doing the more modern right classic matches i don't and work their way back I mean, I just I don't think that they're going to be doing like, uh, you know, like the first G one or anything like that. <laughs> that you know, would be, that would be but dope. that would be dope. Yeah. yeah. Be. Um, but I'm gonna guess that maybe they start with like from like Wrestle Kingdom nine on. That yeah. would that would seem more likely, like yeah. something that they'd be doing, which I would love. That. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Is uh, Chris Charlton going to be involved? I don't know. I don't know who's going to be involved in it. All, all we got was the tweet. So I mean, we'll find out more. I think once it starts popping up in New Japan World, we'll find out. Yeah, but we'll see. That'd be super interesting. That guy. Um, have you guys read Eggshells at all? I would have. I have not read it yet, yeah. but I plan on reading it. We have not had a chance to check it out, but uh, I guess now, since Chris Charlton's name's come up, we are, we're actually be having Chris Charlton on oh, wow. this show next week. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. So he'll be. We'll be doing a review or like uh, interviewing him, talking about you know his books and talking about his time you know 
calling matches for the G1, and so yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. we're we're super excited about it. Yeah, yeah. this dude slid in the DMs, and he was like, <laughs> "Sure, I'll I'll do it." <laughs> well, we've been talking about it for a while about having him on the on the show, and he was super gracious to you know come on so if you're a listener and you want to check it out next week Chris Charlton will be on the show with us so yeah. uh, you know no weeks off <laughs> yeah I've been reading his, his Tokyo Dome book and just uh, that would that would pair really nicely like having him cover some of those old matches with Kevin oh, Kelly yeah. like that would be, be perfect yeah uh, his, know his knowledge is so go. expansive yeah um, Harold Mai actually had to come out this past week is it May or May? I always mess up. It's May, I think. Harold May <laughs> had to come out this past week and uh, actually address the westernization of New Japan Pro Wrestling and his uh, perceived role as an on-screen authority figure. Did you guys get a chance to check that out? I didn't. I heard, I heard about it because I know a lot of fans were complaining, like, I don't want, like, an authority figure on New Japan. So yeah. he was scared of the backlash and, like, kind of came out and was like, yeah. I'm Dude, not. I thought, I think last week I mentioned that I thought it was only, like, North American fans who had this, like, uh, aversion to it. But apparently, like, Japanese. it was Japanese fans. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they literally, like, got so pissed <laughs> and were so vocal that this guy's like, ah, uh, crap. <laughs> no, no more promo videos of him answering the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Do you remember that that Dominion video where they put him over harder than anybody they put? I over- loved it. I thought it was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was like that. <laughs> I, I love. I would have been cool if that was it, and then you just see him in like you know press hosting press conferences. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you guys talked about it last week. It didn't really bother me too much because it was very like minimal. The, yeah. The interactions, but yeah, I. I you don't, you don't need that. Um, so it's kind of yeah. cool that they address that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, he pretty much said, you know, I'm sorry that it came off the way that it did, even though you were in, like, three angles within a few days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he was saying that he's going to take a less prominent role on screen and that we don't really have to worry about the westernization. So if he's a smart man, which I think he is, and I don't want to bury the guy, yeah. but, uh, you know, people don't watch this to watch a North American product, you know. I remember a time in pro wrestling where you didn't need a authority figure or a GM right, yeah. to run wrestling. Yeah. You know? So uh, I think New Japan has a good thing going for it. You know, when Kadani was the one running it, we never saw the guy. So, you know, I think when Inoki was around, we saw him all the time, and that was a problem. <laughs> so I think, yeah. you know, there's a dichotomy there. I yeah. think we're being worked. I think he's bankrolling the firing squad this whole time. <laughs> It was me. Yeah, it was me all along. It's it's the higher power gimmick all over again. I've injected poison into New Japan. (laughs) That's what this is, man. (laughs) He turns around the chair and fire squad logo on the back. Um, In other news, so uh, Kenny Omega has officially signed with Team Razor to be part of their fighting championship uh, video game team. So that he he will be officially sponsored by Team Razor. If you guys know what that is. They make like like computer mice and. This is awesome. This is why you're on the show, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, they make like peripherals. So me and like, Jeremy, me and Jeremy have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be something we're gonna be like, yeah, he, he's yeah. sponsored. We're gonna move on. <laughs> it's yeah, I guess uh, I. It's kind of weird because I don't think they make like fighting game sticks, but maybe they're trying to, and that seems to be his whole thing. Is that like is fighting game stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It, it, they're gonna throw money his way, and it's a gaming thing. He'll do it. So I guess like can't like complain too much but um the the free match of the week right uh this week is hiroshi tanahashi versus prince devitt from destruction 2013 so if you get a chance mm, very cool really good match you definitely want to check that out um this past week weekly pro 
for their regular standard weekly pro magazine as well as their G1 special. Hiroshi Tanahashi is on the cover. Uh, we were gracious enough to actually see one of these uh, issues because Jamie picked one up and brought it over here. So we got it right here in front of us, which is really awesome. They've got, uh, yeah, Tanahashi on uh, Shibata's shoulders and just celebrating. I mean, this this is just greatness that I'm looking at right here. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, also, this past week, so apparently, like, New Japan Pro Wrestling did a Saturday morning wrestling special, which is significant because it's the first time in, like, years and years and years that they've had any kind of television product that was outside of, like, a midnight time slot. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that was that. Huh. that's, like, a very significant thing, even though it's just, like, a Saturday morning, like, television show, show for, like, I, I believe it's for children. I could be wrong. But yeah, kind of, kind of cool. Still a big deal. Yeah. Right on after uh, Tiger Mask W. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I don't know if you guys saw the photos, but uh, Show actually was entering into a bodybuilding contest yes. this past week. Yeah, Melster was talking about that. Have I seen the photos? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> of course, I saw the photos. I love Show. <laughs> Check out my wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> He's vascular. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. Just, look at him. just, just look at him. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he won, but uh, I don't see any way he couldn't have win. Won. Look at the guy. I mean, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, dude. Show he's, Michaels. Yes, dude. He's got his abs are almost as good as Mel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Like that's kind of like not even a joke. Like, like yeah. Uncle Dave is ripped. Oh yeah, yeah. How about when we were at the Sugar Mill and uh, during the Rep Pro show? Like Dave walks in and I, I spot him before anybody else. And our buddy James, who is, might be listening, we don't know. Uh, James was like, don't do this, don't do this. And I was like, Uncle Dave! And everyone was like, everyone turned like, <laughs> And then all of a sudden it was like, Uncle Dave, yeah. Uncle Dave. And I literally started the chant. And he was he just loved, like. He loves it. He, he was like, it. guys, watch the show. He's like, watch the show. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of which, Jamie came over to our apartment with a Wrestling Observer five-star right, shirt. Sure. Dave yes. <laughs> shout, shout out to Stash Pages. Here, here's the great thing about it. You got the correct rating on your shirt. Oh. Five stars, oh, which you're is as high as the scale missing, should you're go. You're missing a couple stars, That's as bro. high as it goes. I don't know what you guys are talking you're about. A, it doesn't go any two further. Stars on your shirt, bro. <laughs> uh, we got some uh, wrestling news outside of New Japan. So Jericho was in the news a lot this week, aside from the tweet that he sent that might be a teaser for, for this uh, Okada stuff. We don't know. Um, he was working on a Kevin Smith film this past week, so I don't know too much about that, but that... It's interesting. This guy's super busy. And then um, this past week, people were asking him about um, working outside of, like, WWE in, in North America. And someone said, well, I know you wouldn't do this or wouldn't do that out because you already said before. And he was like, don't be so sure. Yeah. And then he put out a tweet about uh, Jericho Free Agent 2019. So I'm like, oh, man, this guy's, like, stance on working other shows outside of WWE in North America is really lightened within a yeah. few weeks. Dude, I bet you Vince is gonna come with a contract. Like, that's what it is. He's working us again. Yeah. I keep getting worked by Jericho. <laughs> he's working Vince. He's working us. He's working Vince. He's trying to get on that that Brock life. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, it's it's it is interesting because there are the persistent rumors he's gonna work with Impact, and you know he is still the IC champion. We don't even know when he's gonna defend that crap. So yeah. he should, man. I would love to see just Jericho on every re- like just put him on every wrestling show, like, dude. <laughs> Get him, in C- get him in CZW. MLW. <laughs> Ring of Honor. I just want him rampaging. He should be the new belt collector. 
God, it'll it's... win like all the belts. Speaking of Impact, they're going to be uh, taping their first shows in Mexico ever on September 13th and September 14th. Oh, just broke today, so that's brand wow. new news. So, um, really going international with that company. Hopefully, they'll be able to survive the. Uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, lawsuit, which they're definitely going to lose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, LIJ will be, um, has been announced to be uh, part of the OTT show that's coming up on uh, October 13th, 2018, for the first time. So, LIJ coming to OTT. OTT is one of those companies that's just on the come up, like yeah. starting to feel like progress a few years ago. Yeah. Um, Joe Coff was on the WrestleZone radio uh, podcast. So, we're putting over other podcasts, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of talking about the MSG show and some of the you know plans with Sinclair and things like that, which is really cool. Evil has been announced for Death for Death Before Dishonor, so he'll be part of that show. They got the wrong guy. I don't know why Sonata's not part of it. Well, uh, Sonata has been announced for uh, Ring of Honor TV tapings after Death Before and, Dishonor, uh, Las Vegas on September 29th. So he'll probably be part of that that uh, that show as well. Then yeah, Evil and Kushida are part of those tapings. Um, it says that Sonata, Evil, and Kushida haven't been announced for Death Before It's Honor pay-per-view yet. Most likely they yeah, will be. Yeah. Um, the free match. So, RevPro has started doing a, re- a free match of the week as well. And if you guys get a chance, you definitely want to check out this mat- This week's match. Tomohiro Ishii versus Chris Hero from Global Wars. Oh. If you have not seen that match, four and three quarters, it's awesome. Strong style. That young knockout kid. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Hero ain't nothing to F with. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> um, also, there was news that uh, Sinclair is interested in buying the Fox Sports local affiliate uh, TV stations. Very interesting, considering WWE just, you know, inked the deal with Fox. Yeah, but it looks like they might be wanting to dump the Fox Sports channels, and Sinclair's looking to expand. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, they've got a sports-centered product in Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, Dave Meltzer is talking about this very, very interesting stuff. The, this whole changing landscape with wrestling is we, – we have to keep our eyes on it because this stuff is changing so quick week yeah. to week. Um, lots of WWE – oh, did you have something? No, no. WWE-related news. So there have been uh, just persistent rumors that there are going to be talent raids coming following the um, supposed anger about Madison Square Garden uh, selling out. What are you guys' thoughts? What are you thinking? What, what are you hearing? Uh, well, I've been hearing uh, Pentagon and Phoenix are possible potentials. There, that is a rumor. There have been, uh, you know, basically things going on with Pentagon and Phoenix and uh, some changes to the booking in MLW due to that. So it seems to be a persistent thing. It looks like they might be NXT bound in the near future. But uh, interesting though, for the next set of MLW tapings, they, they did announce um, Pentagon versus La Parca in a Mexican street fight. So, oh my God, sign me up! <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I, I still think they're doing the Roosh and La Parca stuff, too. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. So yeah, it seems like Pentagon might still be sticking around. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with the... I just... I think they're going for the Elite, man. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, that's... That, they're definitely going to go for it. Well, if they get a sign, who knows? Uh, it's, uh... What it, you, it depends what they want, right? Like, right. Because um, Young Bucks have always said the schedule is gonna would be too much for them, but if it's just like so much money that 
like a ridiculous amount of money for a tag team. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's right. like, here, here's $10 million. Just to stay out of other promotions. I don't yeah. know. They're in a, either way, they're in a really good spot because either, like, you know, New Japan's going to have to, like, pay up or shut up. Right. Or, or Vince will just, like, throw so much money at them and, and uh, they can't you know, say no. Yeah, and speaking of this whole, like, stealing talent, um, Matt Riddle just signed with NXT, but it came out that Riddle received an email from New Japan about a deal and uh, Gabe Sapolsky told Triple H like hey Riddle just got offered for New Japan next thing you know Triple H calls up Riddle they have a long conversation and next thing you know Riddle's in front row uh, take over Brooklyn 4 yep that's good for him <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like it was the right move for him there I mean as much as I would love to see Riddle in New Japan I think he'd be amazing you know so many good matches but like just I, I think it makes sense for him to go to WWE. Like, yeah. I yeah. Think he would do really well. He would stand out there uh, more than other guys would. Plus, he can smoke weed there, and he cannot smoke weed in New Japan. That's true. <laughs> that's, that was, no, that's the nail on the head. Yeah. For sure. Uh, other news. So, Ricochet has started to call himself the ace as a homage to Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, he got permission from Tanahashi. So, that's very interesting. I guess he's the ace of NXT, but... Uh, you never won a G1, buddy, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, we're big uh, Ricochet fans. Congratulations on his U.S. title, or what is it? North, North American, American title, yeah. that ugly belt. <laughs> um, also, the NXT show was awesome on Saturday it night. Was, it was so good. Yeah. Um, Brian is very... It's been quoted that Brian has said he's very, very likely to re-sign with WWE, unfortunately. So I don't think we're going to be seeing him working any Tokyo Dome shows anytime soon. Yeah. And then um, this past week, uh, Kazushika, or I'm sorry, uh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, was being interviewed and asked about whether he was going back to New Japan or resigning with WWE. And he basically said, like, you know, he keeps hearing all these rumors about New Japan contacting them, him. And he said that nobody from New Japan has contacted him about his upcoming uh, contract negotiations. And he's like, he basically said, you know, I didn't move my family to America as a short term thing. Yeah. And he's like, this is a very, very big decision for us. And they were like, well, are you staying with WWE? And he basically said, if the money's right. <laughs> so I don't. Imagine we're gonna be seeing Nak. I mean, anything can happen, but I don't imagine we're seeing Nakamura come back to yeah. the Japan. He'll come uh, back eventually. I think it's too soon. I yeah, think, I think yeah. like another a few more years, and he he could come back. But yeah. yeah. And then um, this past weekend, so Kenny Omega uh, commented about getting a bunch of tweets from NXT fans every single time there's a takeover show. What's that about? So apparently, you no know, during takeover shows, you know WWE fans want so desperately to just be better than Kenny Omega. So they tweet him, like, we had a great NXT show, Omega. (laughs) And they were tweeting Osprey, too, apparently. And the Bucks, too. Yeah. So I I wasn't sure if it was more like, you guys need to come over here, or you guys suck and we rule. I'm sure it was a mix of both, a bunch of stuff. He he stokes the flames a little bit. I've read in the past, he'll he'll put out, like, tweets that kind of, not in a way that, like, buries anyone else, but he just does it to kind of piss people off a little bit. I mean, is he not, like, working the freaking, like, social media in the way that, like, Brian Pillman was working everybody in the yeah. 90s? Oh, Very yeah. similar. Yeah, he's, 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 good. he's good at that stuff. Um, but we just want to say that, like, UNXT fans suck and New Japan Pro Wrestling fans are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. So dumb. You can, you can like both things right. and, and like them both. Like, yeah. It's, 
We don't have to like hate each other, guys. And to kind of wrap up the show, so we've got some all-in news. So we've got four competitors that were announced for the all-in zero-hour show. Brian Cage, Jimmy Jacobs, the badass Billy Gunn, (laughs) and Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt is a man, dude. He's a midget wrestler. He was on Lost in New York. Joe Janelle is Lost in New York. He had a fire match, dude. You think I'm joking? I'm not, dude. Ask Rich, dude. His match was awesome. He was diving, flipping, like crazy code breakers I've never seen before. Crazy flips. Like, this guy is awesome. Yeah, so I mean, I've never seen Marco stunt, so I'm glad that you're very excited about it. Dude, I'm gonna look this guy up on YouTube. Dude, I never heard of him, but like yeah. Joey Janela's lost in New York. Like this dude, I forgot who was, I forgot who he was even wrestling. But the dude like had an open challenge. He jumped out the crowd and like oh, had this man. like awesome match with him, dude. Yeah, that's I gotta check that out. <laughs> so Kevin Owens was actually being interviewed this past week and was asked his opinion on uh, All In because of his friends were part of it and how he kind of compared that to what's going on with Madison Square Garden show and their sellout. And he was like, you know, it's unbelievable. That Ring of Honor and them sold it out, but he's like, but at the end of the day, it's kind of an easy sellout because it's taking the same place at on the same weekend at the same time as WrestleMania. Whereas these guys, even though they sold less tickets, they did it in thirty minutes, and they did it just based off of themselves. Right, sure. You know, and I was like, huh, that's a very interesting take. And he was like, you know, a lot of people are going to diminish what they've accomplished, but nobody's ever done what they did. And there's plenty of companies that, even though the Madison Square Garden show is a big, big deal, you know, it's still, it's like you have a head start because it's on the same weekend as WrestleMania. Yeah. So I was like, oh, very interesting. I would even say that they would, they would probably, I don't know if they would sell out as fast. I still think they would sell out MSG with the New Japan just being on the East Coast they haven't run right. uh, like a full, full New Japan yeah. East Coast show and I know it's like a Ring of Honor I don't think anybody is ki- is kidding themselves and saying that oh yeah. Ring of Honor sold this thing out yeah oh, no it's, it's the New Japan uh, yeah. it is yeah without the without if it was just Supercard of Honor oh it's the G1 Supercard of Honor it's the right. G1 Supercard of Honor yeah like, like in, yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean um, the Young Bucks are actually going to be uh Debuting their brand new entrance theme and and soundtrack or you know music during All In, so apparently they're gonna have their own music. Hopefully, it replaces both themes in both Ring of Honor and New Japan. Yeah, dude, they're both themes are kind of weak. I like the Ring of Honor theme, but I do not like yeah, the New, new Japan, Japan theme. theme is like new Japan theme super sucks. generic, like create a wrestler like video game <laughs> music. Um, there was also some facts about the MSG uh, sellout that uh, Dave Meltzer kind of shared, which I thought were really interesting. So he said that this was the second fastest sellout for a wrestling show of Madison Square Garden ever in history. And the first ever non-WWE gate to do over a million sales or a million dollars as a gate. Uh, the closest in America was those Georgia Dome uh, shows that uh, WCW ran for Nitro back in the day. Yeah. But they never even toppled a million, e- even in their heyday. So, I mean, huge, huge deal. Wow. Um, they, Madison Square Garden hasn't sold out since 2015. Um, the next closest show in North America to the gate that this show has done was the uh, anniversary show CMLL did a couple years ago when they did Atlantis versus Ultimo Guerrero Mask versus Mask. And this might literally be, outside of WWE, the largest gate outside of the Far East talking about Japan in any country for pro wrestling. So for those fans who are out there who – and this show is not about divisiveness. We're not about setting up, oh, anti-WWE and New Japan fans. But there is 
that contingency of fans who are very anti against this. And there have been people who have been like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're competing against their developmental pro- product and they're not competing against WWE as a proper, you know? Right. It's like, dude, they just did over a million dollars as a gate. This is telling you something. Yeah. And they don't have a match announced. Why are people buying? Why did this thing sell out in three days? Right. It's because people are dissatisfied with the product and it's literally just, I want to be part of history. It's also just something different, too. It's, uh, you know, yeah. NXT is something different. As yeah. Much, it's not, you know, it's not developmental. Like, it's not. It's right? not. It's, that's it's maybe, yeah. like, five years ago. Like you Yeah, know. when you had, like, Bo Dallas against, like, Curtis yeah. Axel in an NXT main event on, like, dark, that was, like, on, like, a random European channel. I mean, could... if you compare the young lines that get matches on, you know, new, big New Japan shows to yeah. takeovers that have developmental guys, it's... Kind of the same, right? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe not young lines, but like maybe the people who just got back from excursion would be a better uh, comparison to make. Right? It's like I don't know. It's 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 not developmental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have a developmental developmental show with Ricochet, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and on. Keith, Lee, Keith Lee, War Machine, Matt Riddle. Matt, yeah, it's, that sounds like a super indie. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like the greatest super indie of all time. <laughs> like the um. It's yeah. It's just it's the you know the alt WWE. It's like their uh, the Def Jam Island brand. If you remember that back in the day, uh, it was uh, it's just like it's just it's cool to have these different alternatives. You know, it's, yeah. It's yeah. not even about like which one is better. I mean, there is a clear choice of which one's better. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. NXT is really good. I love NXT. I yeah. Love, I mean, it's it's like the, the best weekly US TV show there is. Yeah. Right yeah. But uh, with that being said, I mean, these stats and these facts, like, this is a really historic show. I mean, like, it's really just, it's incredible, yeah. like, what they're doing. Um, did you have any final news before we talk about Being the Elite? No, I'm good. Let's talk about, did you watch Being the Elite this week? Being yeah. the Elite, episode 116, let's talk about it. You know, honestly, I was kind of underwhelmed by this week's episode. Super underwhelming episode. Nothing really happened, really. Nothing hit that funny. Though actually, the opening was hilarious. Oh, uh, Matt and Flip. Matt, uh, yeah. So, so Matt Jackson doing his best Terry Funk impersonation that he possibly could <laughs> do, and then basically doing a whole entire like spoof on uh, Beyond the Mat. Have you ever seen Beyond yeah. the Mat? Yeah, and like. Flip Gordon being like, I haven't had a match since 1991. <laughs> he's like, but I try to keep in shape. Yeah. He's like, he's like, will, will you guys book me? He's like, I, I talked to you in April about being a referee for this. <laughs> he's like, I'm not booked. I made other plans. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys are freaking fools. Yeah. Like, this is the greatest thing that Flip Gordon's done his entire career. <laughs> uh, that was pretty hilarious. But other than that, uh, I did enjoy when Okada walked up to, to Marty's girl. Uh, Marty's he's like. Two oh five. I thought that was funny. I also thought it was funny when Zack Saber walked up to him with three different drinks and he just kept feeding him different yeah, drinks. Like a water, a and, monster, like a coffee. And I don't know why. Yeah. There was no reason to it. And then he's like, "You're effed, mate." Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, though, there was nothing really uh, on this. Christopher Daniels' promo was pretty good. His promo was good against um, uh, Stephen Amell. I feel like that's gonna be garbage. I think it's going to be better than you think it's going to be. You think Stephen Amell and Christopher Daniels are going to put on a compelling match? A classic? I don't know if it's going to be a classic, it's, but... It just seems like... A, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I don't really care about seeing Stephen Amell wrestle, even if he does do good. I, yeah. Why would I care about that? Yeah. You know who they need to have in there? David Arquette. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's been killing it on the Indies. Great. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to talk about being the elite or anything like that. Yeah, neither do I. Any final thoughts? No, man. Uh, Jamie, thanks for ha- joining us on the show this thanks week. Thanks for coming man. on the show. Yeah, thanks for spare, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, sparing the time and uh, sharing your Japanese experiences with us. I feel like I've already been to Tokyo and I was right there <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, in hey, thanks, Hall. Thanks for having me on. Uh, sorry if I was a little rambly. I'm just, uh, oh, man, you're great. Yeah, dude, you're awesome, man. You got anything you want to plug before? Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of like a normal dude that <laughs> likes wrestling. I don't really have a, uh, like a thing going on, but uh, yeah, just uh, I would say... Uh, check out Chris Charlton's book, the, the Eggshells one. I'll, I'll do a little preliminary plug for him because I know you guys are going to have him on next week. That that book is great. Uh, a lot of cool il- illustrations, and it just does a, such a good job of recapping all the different, not even just New Japan, but there's All Japan shows, and I think there's like a DDT show in there somewhere. Um, just really cool stuff. Um, if you're interested in learning about the history of, of that building and just Puro in general, which I am, I'm still learning about all that stuff so it's just really cool to have a resource to look into um and uh yeah i don't know go to japan it's dope dope. we'll have to go to japan with you man yeah definitely oh yeah so yeah so like we mentioned next week the plan is to have chris charlton on here and then two weeks after that we will be bringing you our coverage of all in yep so yeah man we're, we're staying busy in the downtime of waiting for road to destruction but oh we got a place to stay for all in by the way oh we do yeah nice all right so yeah man i'm not gonna share it on the show because i don't want all of our our fans all of our fans and <laughs> listeners to bombard us you guys, you, you, guys want, you don't want the swarm you guys will be waiting for us in the in the you know in the lobby and i just i'm so we're gonna keep that under wraps we'll, we'll meet you at the meet and greet though yeah so yeah, so only like twenty dollars for a photo, <laughs> <laughs> photo and autograph. Photo and autograph. Part of the the, the Starcast or whatever. No, <laughs> no, well, we didn't want to pay six hundred dollars to be for Starcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna pay us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, take us home. Yeah, so just go home. Just go. I think when people listen to the show, they're like, "Just go home. Just go home." We're like, "No, I'm gonna get these. I'm gonna get these finishing moves in. Finishing move spots." Yeah, so like I said, next week, you know, Lord willing, everything works out. Chris Johnson will be on the show. Uh, So make sure you connect with us on social media, on Twitter. The show is at Ki Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L Donovan. You can follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash social suplex. Also, we have our Facebook group, the Wrestling Squared Circle, facebook.com slash group slash wrestling squared circle. Also, check out all, oh, also Reddit. Um, I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. Keeping it strong style. <laughs> check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. Uh, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show from Scotland. Those I will be bumskis. <laughs> I Those will be bumskis. <laughs> I'm calling you guys out right now. Ricky thinks he's the best looking man on Social Suplex. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, man. I'm going to be on their show this week to uh, review uh, SummerSlam. Uh, Why? Hey, man, it was, actually, it was actually a decent show, man. Yeah, I was, I was on a date, but I wish I would have actually watched it. I'll have to catch up on it, actually. Yeah. Um, then also we got Outsiders Edge with Rance, Carl, and Kyle. 
and then our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, Grown Men Watch This Shit. Oh, I'm going to be on that show. Yeah, you're going to be on Grown Men Watch This Shit. Yeah, this Wednesday. With so. uh, Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant, so that'll be good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, guys, subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and until next time, goodbye and, and good night. Bang! Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time.